0: That's
2: who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now.
3: Hey everybody! We're all gonna get
4: laid!
3: And again it picked up! It's- Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac.
2: Touchdown, I-N-D-Y.
4: Yes, sir. Oh, of the the thickest double time. Miles Carter. Yeah. John, I
2: have never been better. To be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Welcome in, Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a rather busy weekend for what many people would always describe as not a lot going on around here, right? Shout out to Max Clark down at Franklin. Selected number three overall by the Detroit Tigers. Can't stand the state of Michigan, but... Good for him at number three overall. Now, he'd also signed a letter of intent to play baseball and to do his academic stuff down at Vanderbilt. So I'm assuming now probably that's out and you're going to get paid big money to go ahead and go to rookie ball and be a part of ultimately down the road, the Detroit Tigers organization. Congratulations to Max on that. Cannot wait to see him up there telling you, this past spring was amazing with Keegan Rothrock at Ron Colley, with Max Clark at Franklin. Uh, by the way, Keegan is from Whiteland. So, I mean, you're talking about arguably the two best players in softball and baseball in the nation coming from Johnson County. Shout out. That is big time right there. All right, we're at the All-Star break, of course, the Home Run Derby coming up later on tonight. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I do kind of dig where they're playing and where they're going to be hitting tonight, where they're going to be playing tomorrow night, and that is going to be in Seattle. Now, true story, Seattle, one time for me, it was coming back from a cruise. Remember what we used to do, and I have no idea why we don't do these any longer, but this goes all the way back to 2014. And we would get, and it would be us here at the fan, or it'd be maybe somebody downstairs at WIBC. uh, We would be doing um, a uh, cruise. And we would be a part of it, and we would take a lot of you listeners with us. And when we went 2014 to Alaska, we took a lot of you listeners, and it was a great time. I loved it. I didn't think I was really going to dig it as much as I did, but I ended up loving it. I wanted to spend more time in Seattle, but we were on our way back from Vancouver, British Columbia uh, after we got off the cruise ship and uh, we got back too late. But Seattle, from the looks of it, and again, I spent about six hours there walking around on a Sunday evening when nothing was open, but it looks to be pretty damn awesome. So tonight, tomorrow night should be fun. A little bit of a breather for you baseball fans out there, for you Reds fans like me. Two of three over the weekend lost in Milwaukee. Man, you could tell with Abbott on Friday night. Abbott, second time around from Milwaukee seeing him and they were all over him. But L.A. De La Cruz on Saturday. You talk about something that was absolutely incredible. We see this. It's commonplace. This is commonplace. What he did, his feet is commonplace. And I know what you're saying right now. Well, wait a minute. It had not happened since like right after the Titanic. And you're right. It's commonplace in Little League. It's commonplace in Pony League. If they don't have rules to keep it from happening, normally you get the dude. And oftentimes when I was growing up, it was always the dude that was a hell of a lot older than you were. (laughs) Right? Hell of a lot older. Maybe he'd been held back. The older dude. he was out he's long since through puberty. I didn't even know what puberty meant. But that's where you see it commonplace. That's where you used to see it. I'm assuming still on many levels you can see that is in Little League with Ellie De La Cruz on Saturday. So gets a single, steals second, steals third, and then steals home. It was electric. And I know what you're saying. You're a Reds fan. All you want to do is talk about the Reds. Well, I'll go ahead and put that aside for a moment. That and he should be a high-ranking conversation in Major League Baseball right, right now. That That's just that's ridiculous. That was ridiculous. You don't. You haven't seen that. And I was doing the JMV takeover, and I thought, well, did I just really see what happened here? And it was funny about it. At home, he was not even close. And there is no doubt, there is so much. It's six foot five in the frame, the athleticism, the speed. There is so much about raw athleticism. There is. Can't do it without it. But you also can't create that situation and then get over in that situation without a great deal of baseball IQ, a great deal of knowledge, knowing that you can take advantage in that situation. Because you could tell when he was going down the third baseline, he was measuring that out. He was measuring it out. It was like until that last half second, because there was a little half-assery going on there with the pitcher. A little upset about what had transpired. And he took advantage of a half-second. I mean, really, about a half-second lack in judgment. And he was going to beat that throw anyway. That throw would have been perfect. He would have still beaten that throw. So, no, it's, it is about athleticism. I mean, that's, that's going to win. That is going to I wish I had a shred. I wish I had a shred years ago. Even less now. I have been, at the age of 53, I've been completely robbed. Completely robbed of all of my lack of athleticism. But this dude is an absolute athletic freak. But you know what he is, too? He's very smart. Has a high-caliber baseball IQ. I'm going to knock on wood here because you know I'm superstitious about stuff. But it is going to be really interesting to watch and follow. Think about it. It's been a month. It has been a month. It has been a month since basically most of baseball and fandom out there has been introduced to Ellie De La Cruz. And I know I know that scouting catches up with you. I mean, you've, you've seen it. I mean, you've seen it catch up with him. You've seen it catch up with Matt McClain a little bit too. That advanced scouting will catch up with you when you're batting. But I'm telling you, with a combination like that, with that athleticism and with the baseball IQ, and I had mentioned that if you remember back in the early stages of this, and I think it was uh, to the Reds play-by-play guy, I said he reminds me of Bo Jackson, and then the guy had mentioned, well, you know, he's you know, Bo Jackson wasn't this or wasn't. Oh, hold on a minute. Now I mean in terms of being electric. You just sat around and waited for Bo Jackson, both in football and baseball, before his injury, to do something incredible. You just sat around and waited. You knew it was coming, but you waited. And then ultimately, you ended up getting that. That's why I made that comparison. He is as electric, and I know that Deion Sanders gets brought up all the time, but the power aspect wasn't there for Deion. And I, listen, I know that you know hitting for average wasn't a forte of Bo Jackson. I'm just talking about having it all and being able to explode at any moment, being much-watched TV, even if he don't give a squat about the Reds. You just want to see what happens next. You're just wondering. You're just hoping that it's when you're paying attention. And it's then one of those things where I don't know if you found, like I did on Saturday, I was just going over and over. I could not find enough angles to say, wait a minute, what just happened here? What just happened? That, that is special, and I I can't remember, and I know a lot of people suggest I make too much out of Bo Jackson, but that's what Bo Jackson was to me. He was just an oh wow, ready to happen, ready to pop. And there is no doubt that Ellie De La Cruz, in terms of baseball, has even more to offer there. I thought that was absolutely incredible. As we hit the Major League Baseball All-Star break, a quick shout-out, too, to our good friend Tucker Barnhart, who had himself an RBI double yesterday as the Cubs beat the Yankees. Shout-out to Tucker for that. I know Tucker's going to take a couple of days off, get back with the Cubs coming up after the All-Star break in the NL Central, the Reds. Who would have thunk that? Not me. I have to own that, too. I was, like, thinking one of the worst records of all time. Had no idea who these dudes were, and I was referencing Nick Crawl. Oh, great! Here's the, the nerd. The nerds at it again. I can't. Yeah, the nerd. The nerd said, "Why don't you just sit down and you not paying attention, baseball guy? Unless things are going really right, sit down and be quiet." The nerd has spoken. Well, he's using all of these analytics, and this is that that blah. blah. <laughs> yeah shut up radio guy. well I can't shut up because I gotta do this I gotta talk but yeah, you know what radio guy uh not here not now now granted what could happen this can all go in the tank you you don't know but uh the Reds have given at least this Reds fan and I know a lot of you other Reds fans out there a great reason a great reason to rediscover the Reds and how much you love to watch them and really in terms of baseball and it normally happens that way if your favorite team is winning, you know I mean if your favorite team and it's probably not the greatest choice in description right now you know if it's the Yankees or the Dodgers, or somebody like that, then hell, they're winning every year, and you're probably not too worried about it. But if it's your your favorite team is winning, that gets you more focused on what everything else is going on as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. It, it gives you more of a reason. I bet you, view, some of you probably just by virtue of that alone, you probably didn't know too much, for example, about the pitching clock. And maybe because you're old school, like a lot of you are with me, you were skeptical about it. But because you've watched a lot more baseball, because, again, in this case, your favorite team is winning and leading the National League Central at the All-Star break, you have been more in tune. You've been more focused. And you know what? The pitching clock makes it more enjoyable. It does. I never thought that it really mattered. I don't know if you double back. is funny. funny. We're through half a season right now. As a baseball fan, if they were to say, "Eh, you know what? We're going to take away this pitching clock now and go back to the old way. How many people would be down with that? Versus how many people would say, "Uh, no, don't do that. I bet you a very small percentage would want them to go back to the old way. Very small. Because I think it's fit right in. And again, maybe it is. Maybe I wouldn't like it as much. Maybe I'd be more skeptical had it not been for my favorite team to be winning. Man, that is always the case, though. That brings everybody back, doesn't it? Then you're, again, focused in on everything else. Uh, for you Colts fans, you've been waiting for this for a long time. Though you love football. But, man, it is so much more enjoyable when your favorite team is not a clown show. When you're not waiting on, all right, what stupidity is going to happen this week? (laughs) What's going to happen now? And it's so much better. Pacer fans would agree. I mean, even before they hit the postseason. They didn't even make the postseason last year. You got everybody tuned in to watch Saturday night. Their summer league game against the Wiz. You got their core group sitting on the sideline, which is exactly how you want to be. And I would remind you for a moment, because obviously I got it. I was talking, Derek Schultz joined me on the J&V Takeover. He was doing Bob Lovell's show on Saturday night and he came in about 20 minutes prior. And so I'm doing the J&V Takeover. That's all about music, right? So I'm taking music requests uh, via the phones, taking music requests on Twitter. And then all of a sudden, I started getting people sending me photos of what Miles was wearing at the Summer League game. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't bug me though, because I've won. I have won. Here's the other thing, too. I would remind you of this. The fact that the dudes on that team, the core guys were there to be a part of that. I'm not suggesting you throw a party. I'm not suggesting you make some grand celebration out of it. But it should make you happy. You want these guys tied together. You want the guy that just got paid an astronomical amount of money to be the centerpiece of this team right there among them on the sideline with his core group of teammates. That's exactly what you want, or at least that's what you talk about all the time. I mean, this team aspect, this team aspect that can get lost in the shuffle of everybody making so much money. Now, sometimes that, that's what you talk about, and then when you get it, you don't embrace it enough. No, that's exactly what you want. I don't give a damn what 33 was wearing. He was there supporting the group in Summer League with the core guys that are going to be a part of this team. Now, let Rick Carlisle screw around a little bit with Buddy Heeled Sunglasses. I know they haven't been winning. And I know all that matters is winning. But to get to that point, other things matter too. Cohesion, camaraderie, togetherness. You build it for them, you win, and then it builds it for you. It's exactly what happens. You get caught up all this time with, you know, kind of just dealing with, I got to have a, this is a funny joke. Or you know, trying to do the whole gotcha game, bull crap, you know, all that stuff. You caught up in that, but that's what's that's what's real right there. That's the way you want it. Yeah, these guys can take vacations some other time. And again, listen, it's not like they're going to South Dakota. I realize that. It's not like that. This summer league's being held in Bismarck, North Dakota, which I'm assuming is great this time of year. But I think you catch my drift. And they get to go to Vegas. Hopefully, stay out of trouble. All that stuff. But the fact that they were there and being a part watching supporting that is exactly what you want most of the time now there are times when it doesn't work out you know maybe it doesn't work out but that is a part of the stair step a part of the path where you go and then when you're together and this builds into winning and then that winning builds into consistent winning. And then you can really start talking about something. Yeah, I look at the beginning of the season. It's kind of weird. Richard Jefferson was explaining uh, the ins and outs of this uh, in-season playoff. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I guess you got everything else going on. I mean, you might as well. We we love playoffs. I mean, what, if you advance past the quarter, something like that, I think each player is going to get like half a million dollars in their participation, which, you know, some of these dudes, that's like a game check. But, yeah, some of these dudes would like to have that cash. So I would guess that you would see guys playing and playing hard during it. But when you think about it, that is now going to be you're, – you're coming off the baseball postseason – And then you're about to fall into the college football playoff season. Very close. So you're kind of bridging the gap. It's almost like that was how I felt last year when the World Cup kind of slid in here. I kind of like the World Cup being in November. I didn't think I would, but I found myself kind of interested in it last year. Check that November, not December. I think I said December, November. But I think I like that. I think you're going to be surprised how much you like it then. When you think about it, it seems like anything would be better than where we are with the beginning of the season in the NBA right now. It's almost like it's, all right, hey, opening night, and then, hey, out of sight, out of mind. Hey, remember what happened way back in October? Remember what happened way back in early November? I don't know if this thing is going to work. I don't know if it's going to pique anybody's interest. I do know this, though. You don't sit on your hands. You finally engage in something that actively the NBA has been thinking about doing for the better part of 15 years. And you do it. It was like baseball. I don't know how everybody's going to like this whole pitching clock thing, but we're going to put it in there. You know what? We discovered that we dig it. I thought I had a pretty decent attention span and probably is better than a lot of others because many have one that's like the size of a gnat, but I think I needed that. I think if you were to go back the old way right now, I'd go, hey, the old way, no. Normally with the old way, I'm all for every old way. Hey, let's go back to the old way. The old way I had TV, the old way I got ice, the old way I dialed the phone. Uh, not the old way I went to the bathroom let's just go back to the old way we did it I think in this case with baseball and the pitching clock I'm okay with it being modernized and I'm okay with the NBA trying to modernize a time and a place for its schedule that needs that needs a little infusion a little bit of juice especially with everything else that's going on around it would you guys agree uh, we'll talk about that coming up at 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I watched the Summer League game. By the way, uh, I was not there with the core group of Pacers and uh, Miles Stylin, but I did watch it, and it kind of seemed like it's, it's what you expected. I mean, Matherin goes out there. We'll see how much more that he plays. Again, they're scheduled to play coming up later on tonight. Uh, We shall see how much he will play. I wouldn't expect a whole lot more. But I thought Jarris Walker got off to a good start. I said this to Chris Hagan last night on Fox 59. Hopefully you saw it. Uh, If you were like me and you have direct TV, you didn't. I just had to go back with my memory. I said, yeah, that's what I said on there, right? I said that. I said that he gave you in one game, and it's one summer league game, and we'll be going, who gives a crap about that pretty soon, but it was one summer league game where he gave you a lot of what you hoped he was going to be in the NBA for this Pacer team. Did he not? He got up and down. He played some defense. He rebounded. More so than anything else, he absolutely, positively, he looked like he belonged with that group, even in Summer League, and it looked like that he would belong with the next level group. That's what you look for. And When you're thinking about it, uh, like Matherin or like Keegan Murray, like these second-year guys that are there, you expect them to blow up and put up points. But for Walker, you were just kind of looking, okay, so into the flow. How do you think he's going to translate once he gets up to the Pacers? And the two main things that you liked about him that we talked about, it wasn't about scoring or shooting or anything like that or playmaking ability. It was about playing defense and rebounding. I thought he gave you a great example of both on Saturday night. In that Pacer win. Pacers back at it coming up later on tonight. I have been bummed, honestly. And it wasn't about Wembenyama and that other night. I guess he made up for it last night when he put up a lot of numbers. You would expect that. I'm just kind of disappointed that we haven't seen Trace. I really wanted to see Trace Jackson Davis get out there with a the Summer League team. In those Golden State games. Uh, Jalen hood shafino has been having good games so far, too. And again, you would expect it. You don't want them to have bad games. You don't want them to feel like they didn't belong. That was the biggest problem with win on Friday night. There were times out there when he couldn't stay on his feet. I mean, he did. He kind of looked like Bambi. Running around out there, falling over. Or Joel Embiid. <laughs> One of the two. Well, I'm going to run down the floor and I'm going to fall over. But he made up for that last night. And again, as I mentioned, I always do, it's Summer League. It's what happens in Summer League. It's what happens with young players, especially in Summer League. Uh, We can talk about all of that. I got a ton to get to as well. Plus, we are going to draw for our winner to Boston coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Of course, the Jim Irsay collection in Boston coming up July the 15th. Get a winner, and a winner is going to take a friend, round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation, and one hell of a time in Boston for the Jim Irsey collection, which will include a number of other things. Uh, acts, I should say, in this case: Kevin Cronin, REO Speedwagon, Peter Wolf, uh, Jay Giles Band, you know, Vince Gill, of the Eagles. We will draw that winner coming up in the five o'clock hour, and hopefully, chat with the person that won the qualified as of last week all right we'll start right there with you 239-1070 email address to JMV 1075 thefancom so we don't have anything to give away this week what the heck <laughs> why would not i mean you got what a great time to do it i'm glad we helped ourselves out here today i guess good for us thank you colts Thank you Colts and the gore man for helping us out today. Seems like it'd be a really good time to do it. I will tell you this on the bright side of things. The backyard bourbon broadcast is going to make its triumphant return. I was skeptical as to whether or not it was going to happen. But I got the text earlier today and apparently it is going to happen. So a shout out to Richard at Ford's garage. Got to get Ryan in on this bad boy at Fat Tire. Listen, I know that Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, is always ready, willing, and able to jump in. Get everybody together because it appears the Backyard Bourbon broadcasts are back on. Need it. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Let's have a great week as well. By the way, I want to thank everybody down at Horseshoe Indianapolis. I was there on Saturday for a special show, 11 until 1. The Indiana Derby, the 29th running, was fantastic. But I had a conversation of about 25 minutes with NBA Hall of Famer Dan Issel. Now, I kind of wanted to play it back on the show, but Dan Issel gave me his number So I thought at some point, we'll just call him and get him back on. You talk about somebody that spans absolutely everything basketball-wise. And you know me, I love basketball. I kept the dude for about 25 to 30 minutes. And what I mean by he spans everything basketball, obviously, collegiately, he played for Rupp at Kentucky. 1970, comes out of Kentucky. Incredibly decorated player. Played games against Pete Maravich in the SEC. 1970 goes to the ABA, plays for the Kentucky Colonels when one of the biggest rivalries around then would be the Pacers and the Kentucky Colonels. 78 made the jump to the NBA, the Denver Nuggets, and became an all-timer with the Nuggets, an NBA Hall of Famer, a former coach, a former general manager. I'm going to tell you what, there was nobody that could speak about Everything NBA right now, considering how the NBA game looks compared to the past of the ABA, and then, of course, the Denver Nuggets winning it all, then Dan Issel, he was incredible on Saturday. So I thought about re-racking that, then I also thought about just calling him sometime and getting him back on. He was awesome. So hopefully you heard that, and a shout out to Horseshoe Indianapolis and uh, Eric and Rachel and the gang down there. It was an outstanding time, 11 until 1 on Saturday. The weather cleared. They had a great day. So did I. And if you missed any of that Dan Issel interview, Podcast at 1075thefan.com. It will be there. Quick break, and we shall return your calls and a lot more featuring Jake Quarry, the morning show coming up here at four o'clock. And Dustin Dupurak staked out, out in Vegas, getting set for game number two of the Summer League for the Pacers later on tonight. We'll get updates from Dustin coming up in the five o'clock hour. And I guess we got nothing to give away this week. So it's just I'm going to have to be enough. I'm going to have to be enough this week. My bad. Quick break, we'll come back. The stream, the app, HD Radio, 935107 five. The Fan.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you
2: the ride with jmv
6: if peeing your pants is cool consider me miles davis
2: 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
0: all right this for david duncan on his way back to indy from st louis he's eastbound and down that's his request that's what we're doing here because we're going to request re-entry songs on this show now So, JV, I'm listening on the app, heading back east to Indy from St. Louis. Can I get an eastbound and down reentry? Damn straight you can. That's what we do right here. Thank you so much. I don't get – Sundance just sent me something. Is our live stream up and doing all right here? Make sure. Uh, Joe, yeah, great. Uh, Damon writes this. Jamie, I think you need to talk up that Dan Issel interview from Saturday. It was awesome. I couldn't count how many amazing plays he was in contact with throughout his career. I mean, just really, he spanned so many amazing moments and amazing players, and he was one of them. I don't see current players having stories like that 30 to 50 years from now. Great interview. He was fantastic. He has a show, I believe he does, down in Louisville. And he was up there for the Indiana Derby, and he came over and sat down, and it was... Fantastic. See, Fitch wants to know when Rick Venturi is coming back on. I need to call Rick, too. going to find that out. I am sure right now Rick is getting some of those last before the start of training camp motorcycle rides out of the way. I don't know. Maybe he's listening right now. Rick, are you listening right now? Send me a text. Love to have that. Getting a lot of things in the offseason out of the way so he can concentrate. He's going to have a lot of focus. Now, you don't go in this year with, well, we've seen this guy play for a thousand years, like Colts fans and people that cover the team have, you know, the past three three or so years. Now what about Matt Ryan? He's been playing since the 70s. What about Phillip Rivers? He's been playing since the '7. What about Carson Wentz? Now, well, this guy's got 13 games. What the hell? That's so true. Corey Kenny says, JMV with another dig on Michigan 10 seconds into the show. But also a little bit of love, though, with Max Clark. A dig for the state, love for the player. I was really happy. It was great to see all those the Franklin folks around him last night, too. It was well done. They keep on climbing. Yeah, Charles Bryant writes this. I think we need some slick Leonard stories from Dan Issel. And I thought about that, Charles, when I was sitting there, and I just didn't have enough time. Did not have it. He had to start a show at the top of the hour. We were kind of closing in on it, and I had to, to let him go. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, so much. So much stuff around here. You know, the first the first eight seed to knock out a one seed in the finals, if you remember. That was Denver. Remember Dikembe Mutombo clutching the basketball after that win? Yeah, that one seed was the Supersonics with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Detlef Shrimp. Big stuff right there. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Jay Query, top of the hour. Dustin Depurak from Vegas, summer league game number two for the Pacers later on tonight. Dustin will give you live on the scene in Vegas update coming up, but Matthew and Maine's going to kick off this show. Matthew, how are you?
6: Hey, JMV, I'm well.
0: Did you have a fantastic weekend? Was there lobster involved?
6: Uh, yes, I did, and there was lobster involved.
0: Have you also noticed on the JMV takeover? That there is an Andrea in Vermont that is calling in now every week. Have you noticed this?
6: Yes, I did. I'm low-key, I'm getting a little bit annoyed. It sounds like Vermont has better reception than Maine, and I can't figure out why.
0: (laughs) I mean, last week, not this past week, but last week, somebody called in from Massachusetts. So we're starting to pepper the eastern seaboard majorly, I think, every Saturday night. It's nice. It is
6: is wonderful. (laughs) What do you got? All right, I don't have much since it's a law, law in the sport, yep. sports calendar, but I was just wondering, next month for the uh, Mascot Hall of Fame induction, can the J&B Takeover Show travel by chance? Um, you used do, do it remote from Whiting that night.
0: Uh, where do I need to travel to? Where are we going?
6: Way up north, Whiting, Indiana.
0: Ooh, Whiting, Indiana. You're sending me to the armpit, are you? Where am I going? What's happening in the armpit up there? What am I doing?
6: It's the mascot Hall of Fame, and Portland's slugger, the Sea Dog, is getting getting inducted.
0: Oh yeah, I got you. I didn't even know. Is that where the mascot Hall of Fame resides in Whiting, Indiana? Yes. I had no idea. Look at you. Look at you bringing the knowledge on this show. I had no idea that's the case. It's well done. Now, what's the mascot again? The Sea Dog. Slugger. The
6: Slugger. The Sea Dog.
0: Ah. All right. Well, if I'm out on that day, that may make it a little bit tough to get to Whiting's not just around the corner. I think I probably will have to bring some uh, some certification along with me since I'm going in there and I make fun of it all the time. So, you know what I mean? Maybe a passport, something like that might get me in.
6: Yeah. Oh, I know. It's road trips. Jake would go with you. He loves road trips.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. I'll bring that up to him coming up at the top of the hour, Matthew. Always a pleasure. Stay strong in Maine. Thanks for all the calls. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Had no idea the mascot Hall of Fames in Whiting, Indiana. I always thought, let's see if who can be the first on... Twitter right now at jmv1070 to guess the reference. I always thought that that was, quote, and this is about Whiting, Indiana, quote, where Coleman shacked up with a woman, end quote. You guys know what I'm talking about? Shacked up with a woman in Whiting. The character's name, Coleman. If you can get that. Eh, some of you probably know what went down this weekend, so you guys will probably get that sooner rather than later. Shacked up with a woman in Whiting. And you thought it was somebody else, but it turned out to be Coleman. In this particular film. It's from Nate Thomas. Hey, JMV, I know that the summer league doesn't mean much in the big picture, but if you guys haven't signed up for a 10-game pass or season tickets for the Pacers, people, you will be kicking yourself. This team is going to be exciting to watch this year. Nate, I thought what I saw from everybody that participated on, on Saturday, and again, you're right, it is just summer league, and we always have to say that. But I love, like Walker did exactly what Walker was supposed to do, and I love the fact that the core of this team was in the front row, courtside, watching the game. Love it. I, I, I find myself, Nate, all the time laying heavy expectations here. If you remember when Chad Buchanan was on, Chad tried to dial him down a little bit, and I said, "No, you can't do that." Been waiting too damn long. got a couple of guest winners right here Well, they just random callers all right but no Nate, you're right i have i've, I've raised the bar on it you, you, you might as well too and that's really should be the expectation i'm not suggesting they're going to make the eastern conference finals but they went from you know 25 to 35 So where would you slot in the expectations for 23-24? 45? Or more? I think once you start getting past 45, and that's when you get I think a little bit out of context. But Benande, I agree with you. It was a... It was fun to watch. We'll see how much uh, these second-year dudes like Matherin and such will play coming up in the uh, the future, like tonight, for example. But, uh yeah, Jess Walker, I mean, it started out with, all right, this is what this guy can do at the next level. This is why you really want him. If you want somebody that you're going to draft to be able to participate and produce right away. What was it? It was defense and rebounding. And what did he show you? Defense and rebounding. No, he showed you some playmaking ability and some extra pass making too. But defense and rebounding. I enjoy watching the summer league. Yeah, I saw this. There has been an established player mentioned with Pacer interest. And this was... This was rumored in the context of Pacers giving chatter to a team about this specific player. Get to that coming up on the other side. Jay Query, top of the hour. Dustin Depurak, 5 o'clock hour, will announce the winner to the Boston trip thanks to the Colts, Jim Irsay, and the Gorman. The Jim Irsay Collection, July the 15th. A winner will be had coming up at about 5.30 somewhere in that 5.30 to 5.45 window on a Monday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
5: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and
2: everything in between. The Ride with JMV.
4: Have you ever killed anyone?
2: Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Another JMV takeover, The Ride with JMV, instant request from Michael Wade Moss. Michael writes, when this comes on, while driving through the mountains along the coastline of California with the Pacific Ocean to your right, going southeast towards Santa Barbara, there is nothing like it. Summer breeze. Uh, Query top of the hour. Dustin DePura gets you updated with everything. Uh, That's coming up Pacers-wise, Summer League-wise in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, I did see where uh, Jim Irsay was on with Pat Pat McAfee a little bit earlier today. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one regarding Shaquille Leonard, which is at the top of my list. I think the quote was, um, and, and I'm sorry if this, <laughs> this doesn't, it's not like it's a ringing endorsement here, all right? He's working. He has a chance. He's getting a little bit better each day. That does not make me want to sound the bells that everything is going to be all right. I'm not I'm not going to cue up Father MC and everything's going to be all right with the quote, he's working, he has a chance, he's getting a little better each day. Because we have been down that path. We've all been down the path before of he's working, he has a chance, he's getting a little better each day. i give you a great example. I think the same question was asked regarding Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jim had mentioned that, that Jonathan Taylor is, is good to go, is healthy. Uh, the same with Shaquille Leonard. Quote, he's working, he has a chance, he's getting a little better each day. Yeah. That is very much the same as asking Chris Ballard at the Combine in February about what to expect and Chris Ballard said quote I wouldn't bet against him all right so I don't know where you are with that yeah no question also talking about Anthony Richardson I believe the quote here was for Anthony we know it's going to be tough but he has to play to get better there's no question Gardner Obviously, talking about Minshew could play better early on because he's a veteran, but we have to get Anthony on the field. That's Shane's call when he decides. So, what that tells you is Jim Irsay is basically thinking what we're thinking about wanting to get the dude out there and getting him that experience stat. Again, some quotes from Jim Irsay, all with McAfee, a little bit earlier today. Two three nine ten seventy is the number. Jay from the North Side is up next. Hello, Jay. What's up,
7: John? I love your enthusiasm on a Monday. Oh, I feel
0: good, Way Jay. To bring it. Thank you very much, brother. I feel good. Damn. We got to have some enthusiasm out here. I'm going to give
7: the second reference to Whiting. My dad grew up and was raised in Whiting, Indiana.
0: Whiting, Indiana. Well, I, I give you a third it's too. The, I, it's, there was there it's was a the du-
7: home of the pierogi festival.
0: <laughs> there was a dude that lived in the house next to me on South 5th Street in Terre Haute in 1991-92 really? when I was going to Indiana State. His name was Mike, and I can't come up with his last name right now. He's a good basketball player, but I saw him years yeah. later, not personally, face-to-face, I saw him on an episode of uh, Shipmates. Remember that show really? in the 2000s it was kind of like Studs no, or I don't. you know those go on a date shows it was called Shipmates with a, a no, dude and a chick like would a great show. it would go it, it was probably one of the worst shows of all time but you could not jay peel yourself away from it not at
8: any time well, it, Shipmates it, it, Except for smelling the oil refineries, Whiting would be a great place to grow up <laughs> because you're close to Chicago. That's why I'm such a
7: diehard Bears and Cubs fan and because we watch what our parents
8: used to watch. Got that right, Jay. Hey,
0: I appreciate and- you calling in every Saturday, too.
7: And anyhow, um, that sucks that AT&T, they took off Channel 4 and Channel 11. I miss Angela Gnote and Daniel Miller.
4: Uh,
0: pardon me? Sunday me. nights, Jay. You miss a little bit of me with Chris Hagen is what you're yeah, missing. we miss that, too. Yeah. We miss that, too. Got that right. I love me some Gnote and all. And uh, Sierra, whatever her name is, I like her, too. But come on now. We got to get me back on their Sunday nights yeah yeah thank you buddy i appreciate you jay yeah i'm I'm telling i I can't like i said i have for 23 years been with direct tv or at&t or wherever it is right now um and i've never changed but basically what you're going to come to notice is they all suck they do they all suck as far as giving us what we want for the most part they all suck So, hopefully, Star and DirecTV give us a little something here relatively soon and give back the programming. going to see more of me on Sunday night. I mean, sometimes I'm half in the bag, shirtless. Can you consider what you're missing if you have DirecTV right now? Mario, take us to the top really quick. What do you got? Mario. Yes.
3: Hello, Mario. How are you? doing? What do you got? Uh, the coach receivers, the top four are, of course, um, uh, Pittman and, and the one we drafted last year and the one we brought in and the one we drafted this year. Who's probably the next two after those
9: four, in, in your opinion?
0: Let me hit a break here. Well, you're going to get Josh Downs, who they, they drafted. Uh, I'm not sure Ashton Doolin is on that list somewhere. They brought in Isaiah McKenzie as a free agent. It's not going to knock your socks off by any stretch, but those are other names in there too. Thank you, Mario, for that. So nobody got my quote yet? Nobody? Nobody. Regarding Whiting, Indiana. Quote, I- he shacked up with some chick in Whiting. I even Googled it and I couldn't find what you were talking about. The character's name was Coleman. This is a movie that is on all the time. You can turn it on somewhere right now it's going to be on. Come on quick break we'll come back i'll make jake query knows we'll ask jake top of the hour jake of the morning show dustin depurek from the summer league in vegas will talk paces with us in the five o'clock hour Ninety-three five one zero seven. 5 the fan
5: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if kaskali is right for you
2: the Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. <laughs> he, he does. Play. And a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Omar on Derby tonight here at 8 o'clock. All-star break is upon us in Major League Baseball. Summer League action with the Pacers later on tonight. Dustin DePurex live from Vegas for an update with us. Coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Back to your calls in a minute. We'll also announce our Boston winner with the Colts, uh, Jim Irsay Collection, and the Goreman coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline for the morning show, Kevin and Query, weekday mornings, 7 until 10 a.m. It is Jake Query with us. So I'm assuming the Bodines last night at Fountain Square did play that
8: song, right? They did, uh, and they were great. I'll, I'll tell you what. They were really big when I was in college, you know, same era as you, obviously. Yep. Um, and they sound great. I mean, like, his voice has not changed at all. And they played at the Hi-Fi Annex, which basically is just behind the Hi-Fi there on in Fountain Square. Um, and it was great. I mean, it was a perfect night last night. They actually uh, closed with that song. They The last song they did in their regular set was Good Things, which I think the Bodines playing Good Things live is as good as it gets. So uh, it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. They They played for like – the best thing about being in your 50s is the bands that you watched in college now only play for like an hour and a half. They play like an hour and 40 minutes. They're like, all right, thanks, good night. You know, I'm
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Party of Five, Bodine's fame, too, Correct. right?
8: The show, Party of Five? Correct. You know, so many people, when you mention the Bodine's, they're like, now they did the Friends song, right? I'm like, Oh, yeah. that's the Rembrandts. Yes. So Party of Five was the Bodine's.
0: Yeah, everybody got worn out on the Rembrandts more than they did the Bodine's with uh With the Party of Five thing. What was that? Uh was Party of Five Nev Campbell, uh Jennifer Love Hewitt and Lacey Sherbet, whatever her name is. Right,
8: Jennifer Love Hewitt, by the way, the one year that I went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I went to the I think I've told you this story probably twenty times, but I went to the Pro Bowl. It was the year of the liquored up kicker Peyton Manning (laughs) comment. So I had a I had a media credential and I was down you know, after the warm ups or whatever. And Jennifer Love Hewitt, I think, sang, like, the national anthem. And I was in, like, the back hallways of the stadium looking for a restroom. And I turned the corner, and the only two people in the hall are me and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I said, hey, do you know where there's a restroom around here? And she goes, well, there's a locker room like right around the corner. And I went in the locker room, and all the mascots that were there for the Pro Bowl were relaxing before the game. And the Patriots mascot had his head off and was smoking a cigarette with the Dolphin. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Pretty awesome. I'm almost disappointed. Regular mascot.
0: I'm disappointed you didn't spend more time with Jennifer Love Hewitt.
8: I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that gets in the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes that that gets in the way. I mean,. Jennifer Love Hewitt had zero interest in hanging out with me, I can assure you. That. I don't she would know, rather man. hang out with a party of five than the party of this one.
0: I don't know, man. I think you could give her you can give her a minute of that query conversation. That might be a mind changer right there. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I mean, I you know. I'm I mean, look, she I, I, she at.
0: spent more time with Carson Daly, so holy hell, how much worse could it be?
8: Have you ever noticed here's a Carson Daly fun fact for you. If you watch Carson Daly, notably back when he was on MTV, but even still when he's on, like, NBC shows, his non-mic hand, he never knows what to do with it. And he looks like Farley interviewing Paul McCartney. He, like, sits (laughs) there and fidgets (laughs) with his hand and makes, like— Like Ricky
0: Ricky Bobby when his hand keeps coming up. (laughs) Yeah,
8: that's right. He never knows what—he's, like, cracking his knuckles the whole time. It's very—once you see it, you'll never unsee it.
0: I, would, I I don't watch it very often, but I would. I would watch for that. I always thought his claim to fame. I mean, it, it's incredible how long he had that Last Call show. There, there could not have been more than two people that ever watched that.
8: Undoubtedly, Hagan and I—the only two people that were up that late—we yeah. were watching Blind Date with Roger Lodge. Then you wouldn't not watch it if it were you. on at
0: seven o'clock. What's that? You yeah. wouldn't have watched it if it was on at seven o'clock.
8: <laughs> so. That is also a correct <laughs> statement. Yes, true.
0: But not. Did he not go to high school? with uh uh, what's the player's name was it tony tarasco that most notably was the uh the guy underneath the ball that uh the yankee fan jeffrey whatever his name was took away remember in the postseason
8: jeffrey Jeffrey Mayer,
0: jeffrey Mayer. yeah he took he reached out and took it away and he was kind of settled underneath it in right field i believe which was going way way back a a a huge moment of conversation yeah, it was the Orioles. Yeah. yeah, most notably, I think he played for the Braves, but he was in Baltimore and he was in right field for that moment, I believe.
8: That's a solid, solid recall right there. Thank I you think very the, much. One, the scarier thing, the scary thing here, which probably says a lot, is that you remember the first and last name of the outfielder. I remember the first and last name of the twelve-year-old <laughs> kid that was. <laughs> that was lifted over to steal the home run and became an instant Bronx hero.
0: See, I limped to the finish on this story and this recall with the Jeffrey What's-His-Name reference right there. I limped to the finish line <laughs> on that. <laughs>
2: That's right. Here's, uh,
8: here's one for you. Yeah. Who is more famous uh, nationally? Now, obviously, for around here it would be the answer is obvious, but who's who's more famous in terms of the moment, Jeffrey Mayer or Steve Barton?
4: Oh,
0: there's no doubt, gotta Bartman. Be, yeah, Bartman. got to be Bartman, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bart- Mayer never got – I mean, he was celebrated,
8: right? I mean, Bartman, oh, I Bartman yeah, was not, sure. <laughs> not
0: well, celebrated,
4: yeah.
8: Baltimore. yeah. Hey, how about the dude – have you ever seen the video from, like, 77 at Riverfront where there's a foul yep. ball along the first base side? <laughs> dude falls over the, the – literally falls over the ledge to try to get it. There's, he's hanging by – By his arm. Kicking his – Kicking his corduroys back and forth, and his buddies pull him up, and like they pull him back up to safety. And and literally, he just like high fives a couple and goes and grabs a beer and sits back down, like, Yeah, that was weird. That was the summer of
0: '81 in 81, Cincinnati okay. against the Braves. And he was a nose tackle, high school wise, from the state of Ohio that spent one year as a freshman in the Foster Quad dorms. He was one year on the IU football team.
8: Well, I mean, clearly he had, like, great body strength on his right side to be able to, once his buddies yep. grabbed a hold of him, he was able to, like, pull himself back up. It was pretty incredible.
0: Well, our friend, mutual friend J-Law, um, was, on, I, I guess, in the same – I forget. What's Foster – what do you got? Foster Harper and Foster, Foster Shea.
8: Harvey, that's right. Foster and Harper.
0: I right. forget which Foster it was. Was there a Foster Martin, Foster Grant, Foster George, something like that. But it was Foster something, and he was in J-Law, knew good, him. Brooks. It was a wild man, Foster Brooks. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) but I just
8: knew this when I was in college. You didn't want to live in Eigerman or like Briscoe was kind of off campus. Like those in Reed, those are the three that were just non-like they were just too far out. Nothing was happening there. You wanted to live in McNutt, or you wanted to live in Wright. Those are the two cool. I mean, now it's all different. Now they got hardwood floors, granite marble tops. What the hell are we doing? Tile floors and beds that come out of the wall, that's what it should be for college kids. I worked a,
0: a summer on the crew to clean up those dorms and get them ready for, you know, cams that they have and then get them ready for the school year. It was a horrible job.
8: I was going to say, how horrible was
0: that? Well, I would go off in one of the quads, you know, not name Foster Harper and, and sleep for about two hours and then like reemerge later.
8: <laughs> I didn't last too long on that gig. The worst job I ever had was also in Bloomington. I won't say the name of the restaurant because they're good people and I love the owner, but I desperately needed a job. I knew the owner of a restaurant. He said the only thing I have is pots and pans, washing the pots and pans in the back. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. And I worked with one other dude. I think I told you he was the last remaining member of the Monkeys fan club in Monroe County. And he sang monkey songs for like <laughs> six hours a day. Well, I had a sinus infection for six months because I was trying to wash pots and pans. It was awful. <laughs> awful. Awesome. So,
0: Jake Cray, the morning show with us. So, I saw where Jim Ursay was on with McAfee earlier today. And one of the things I'm really interested in finding out is once training camp is underway, where Shaquille Leonard is. Because if you go back, when I had Chris Ballard on with me in February at the Combine, uh, when I asked about him uh, being back to the complete player that the Colts thought he was going to be, Ballard's response was, quote, I wouldn't bet against it," which, you know, was not a great deal of confidence in that particular quote. Uh, Jim Mercer, want to ask about Shaquille Leonard today, "Quote: He's working. He has a chance. He's getting a little better each day. That doesn't sound great either.
8: Yeah, that um, we've heard. I've I, I've seen this movie before. Oh, we right? yeah,
0: have. That sounds like it's it's right out of the Andrew Luck playbook,
8: right there. I, I think the next thing, the next line that they use, the next card they pull out is, if this were a must-win, he'd be available." <laughs> that was the Mar- I don't, that well, was see, like I don't the know if the they Marvin would go person. that. That's
0: going pretty far right there. I don't know. I I don't know about any of this, Jake. I don't.
8: Yeah, and here's the thing. And this has nothing to do with Shaquille Leonard as a person. He's a wonderful player. There's no doubt he's a wonderful player. But part of what makes him a wonderful player is, I'm I, not to use a buzzword here, but his motor his ability to just go kind of an extra five percent in terms of speed and instinct above others, and if he's holding up at all, if he's you know we've nine, the hardest thing about injuries for an athlete, and yeah, it's true. I was never an elite level athlete, but we've but even as a, as John Q. Public, you turn an ankle playing pickup ball, you get up in the morning and you strain your back, whatever it might be. The hardest thing about coming back. You know, for me, I mean, when I've had physical issues, and I think everybody knows about physical issues, the hardest thing for me was psychological. Like, even when my doctor's telling me, like, you you can go, you can push a little bit further, in your mind, as soon as something, as soon as you get, like, a PTSD of a similar sensation, you you pump the brakes a little bit. And that's going to be the hardest thing for him, right, is coming back, even if he comes back in, let's say, in six weeks, he is given a 100% bill of health, clean as a whistle, go full bore. John, he hasn't moved at full speed, un, uninhibited, without any sort of a physical ailment. And how long? He's going to to, to fight through that barrier alone yeah. is going to take a couple of months. That's going to be the challenge. Even if his body tells him it's okay to go, his brain is going to tell him to to slow up a little bit. And, and that's that's a natural human thing that is that's not a weakness of his that's a natural thing so I, the longer this goes man i'm telling you they zaire franklin you know ej speed those guys are going to be critical critical pieces for them because i think you've got to assume that you are going without his services and anything that he's able to give you is gravy. I just, I
0: thought of it this way because there was another quote when I think Pat asked him about Jonathan Taylor, it was uh, to paraphrase here, you know, basically, Jonathan's good to go. You know, Jonathan's healed up. But then when I asked about Shaquille Leonard, he's working, he has a chance, he's getting a little better each day. And man, have we seen that before? That does not inspire a great deal of confidence right there. I mean, he has a chance.
8: I, you know i mean i, why, why, I guess people. you would ask
0: so what why would he not have a chance here
8: right yes yeah right. that he's, would be a good follow-up yeah when healthy he's the incumbent starting linebacker and best defensive captain of your team of course he's got a chance <laughs> but uh, you know i mean it, it, i i guess the other question would be then how close is he to not having a chance right <laughs> yeah
0: doesn't sound good that doesn't sound good. And again, I will also advise to everybody out there, because I'm assuming everybody feels the same as we do. We have been down this path before. Thus, it's not like, it, 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 I mean, you, you take kind of the, the negative route because you've seen this or you feel like you've seen it before. Uh, so you're not going to sit there and go, oh yeah, this dude is going to be absolutely perfect once again and be exactly what we thought he was going to be when we extended him. It just seems like, with quotes like that, you're you're pretty far away from that ever being a chance of happening again. It just does.
8: I, I, I have nothing to base this on. I want to make clear. I think sometimes it's important to make that disclaimer so that people don't think that you're reporting something. This is just strictly gut tea leaves, experience, and whatever. I hope he plays this year. I hope he plays at a high level. I think as a Colts fan, it is in your best interest to assume that he's not, that he is still working his way back and anything you get from him is gravy period. Even if he is cleared tomorrow, he's then it's, you know, he's still probably at that point three to four months from going without impediment psychologically or physically. And now you're into October, November. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, Saying that a guy has a chance and is getting better every day is code for it. We have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. So
0: that's just, um, just a couple of interesting things today. And, and believe me, outside of, of Anthony Richardson, outside of Anthony Richardson, uh, Shaquille Leonard's at the top of my list because there is just, you know, there there is more unknown. And it seems like every day that passes, there builds more not just uncertainty, but um, you know, negativity or doubt that he's going to be anywhere near what he was. So, I, you know, it just it didn't clarify things whatsoever. Probably, you know, clouded things down. a little bit more.
8: Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'd agree with yeah. that. Totally agree with uh, that. Anything
0: else? All right, what what'd you think about summer league the other night?
8: You know, first off, it's fun. Um, I, I like seeing it because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, within the last two years, we now have stuff to talk about, right? Because... I mean, John, I remember when Summer League, like as recently as like three or four years ago, Summer League looked like I was watching the opening rounds of the Maui Invitational. There's like 200 people in the gym and everybody's got short sleeve shirts on. And it looks like they're just kind of rolling in and out. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing in front of the Thomas, you know, Thomas and Mack, and it's sold out. A lot of that's, you know, web of yama. I get it. But it's become a very cool, like NFL, you know, combine level conversion on one place. So that's cool. Um. I love the fact that the Pacers have guys like Matherin and Nimhard who probably at this point don't need to play in it, but are doing so just to keep, you know, not only to kind of – it helps guys like Walker and Shepard to have some guys on the floor that they're going to play with in the regular season. Um, I love the humility of those guys saying, like, yeah, let's go. Let's let's play. I like the fact that the other Pacer players – Veterans are there in support, Halliburton, Turner, et cetera. Um, But at the risk of being all gumdrops and lollipops, to use a Derek Schultz phrase, you know, it's still hard to tell. I mean, the reality is you've got to take it with a grain of salt. 90% of who they're playing against, those guys are going to be playing in Belgium in six months. Um, I thought Jairus Walker brought an incredible energy. You can't teach that. You can't teach instinct, and you can't teach – just energy on the floor, and, you know, you can eventually coach your way into being a better shooter or or being in better position. But in terms of just having a natural instinct and speed level, Jarris Walker clearly has that. I didn't think he shot the ball very well, but that's not what he's out there to do. So, you know, it's encouraging from the guys that you needed encouragement from, but it also needs to be taken with a grain of salt because it's not like they're playing against – The Oklahoma City Thunder in November or the Golden State Warriors in January. They're playing against guys for the most part that are auditioning for European contracts.
0: No, and they're just, they're doing right now what they can do right now until you see them at a different level. And I I did say this earlier. I love the fact that the core Pacers were there on the sideline. Totally. Um, I like that. I like that a great deal because there are certain steps I think even before, and listen, they didn't make the postseason. All right, so you come off of 25 wins, 35 wins, and then I know that that a lot of the Pacers, including Chad Buchanan, has done a lot to, you know, not squash, but to dial down a higher level of expectations, but I certainly have raised the bar on this group, and, you know, a lot of, of how you get going on this thing is how you guys relate. To one another, and I like the fact that these guys are all. And it's Vegas. It's not like it's North Dakota, all right. I mean, you're going to Vegas for this. It's not like it's North Dakota where you're going to watch your teammates play in summer league. But I just think it, it shows, you know, a, a particular unity of a group that I think we knew Jake, or at least we thought was there, and I think it shows that. And those are the early stages and steps to take to raise the bar in a group that I believe needs to, as far as expectations are concerned,
4: this year.
8: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um I think it's going to be a fun group for people to follow, because I do think that it starts with the fact that we're not in the locker room. You know, I mean, we're not reminded of that as much as we used to be now, are we? But, but that said, you still get a pretty good gauge for it. And I do think it's a group that is easy to, that's going to be easy to root for because they like each other for now. And they pull for each other. And I think it's an important thing. I think to people around here in particular, it's an important thing. The other thing I was going to ask you, and I don't know the answer to this. I probably should. So it used to be that you had the Orlando Summer League and the Las Vegas Summer League. Is Orlando – I mean, I know the Magic are playing in the Vegas Summer League. So is the Orlando Summer League done? Is this all-encompassing now?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't. I don't have an answer to that question.
8: I mean, because this has become – I'm not kidding you, like – I mean, it used to be the Summer League. It was like, oh, the Summer League's on. And if you have NBA TV, you can download it at nbatv.com with a subscription. And now it's like ESPN, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, Prime time. And again, a lot of that's webbing me. I'm, I get it. But they're showing other games, too. I mean, Portland's got good young players. You know, there, there are a lot of exciting young players in the league that are showcased in this. But they're playing in front of like 12,000 people. It's crazy.
0: It, it, well, it's funny to me because you'll watch something where initially it doesn't ring a bell. But I guarantee you, in all of these matchups, you'll find at least one, or maybe even two players, uh, unbeknownst to you, before you started watching that, that you would be interested in watching. It's just weird how that happens. Yeah, always happens.
8: You know, it's just like when you go to a game. I mean, I go to games, and you know, the Pacers. Just some random night, you go to a game, and the Pacers are playing. You know, insert name of random NBA team, and you're watching. Like, man, how do I remember this guy's name? Then you look it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a a five-star that went to Kentucky and now he's he's been in the league for five years and he's 22 years old, you know? I mean, it yeah, that's how it goes, man. It's
0: Jake Query, The Morning Show, Kevin and Query, weekday mornings here on The Fan. Again, 7 until 10 a.m. here on uh, 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Uh, anything else pique your interest? What do you think of the uh, L.A. De La Cruz stealing of three bases and then obviously what took place in that moment? I, to me... I mean, obviously, we would never seen anything like that, but I'm an excited Reds fan, so that takes me to a different level, but he is so must-watch. I think even with my Reds fandom aside, he is so must-watch because his level of talent, Jake, I mentioned this, he is incredibly athletically gifted. You see that when he's out there. I mean, you see 6'5", the speed and all that, the power. But you watch when he stole second, third, and then stole home. He's got a great deal of baseball IQ at such a young age. He just measured that out when he was stealing home. I, just so all-encompassing impressive is that Reds player.
8: Well, no question. By the way, the Orlando Summer League apparently went away in 2019, so right before COVID. Um, De La Cruz... You know, it's a little hard to say because I'm a Reds fan, so maybe I'm a little bit jaded by this. But the last time when he first, the last time you and I talked about him, we were saying that the only time that I can remember a Reds rookie coming in and creating this kind of a must buy a ticket buzz was probably a Chapman. Like everybody was just like, yeah, this guy. Like everybody, you know, people couldn't wait to see him get in the game. I think we're at the point now where you, you start talking about the last time a player in Major League Baseball as a rookie created this kind of, kind of a buzz. I mean, obviously Shohei Itani, you know, they're great players. I mean, Mike Trout's a great player. You know, Daryl Strawberry, when he came in, was a great player, and there was a lot of drama. You know, you knew about him before he really started to put things together. But in terms of a burst on the scene, laying down his stamp, I mean, Fernando Valenzuela comes to mind of guys that just took the league by storm. You know, I agree with you about his instinct. The other thing about him is he has an Eric Dickerson-type quality in the fact that his size makes him so sleek-looking and the way that, you know, his speed is incredible. Um, his ability when he stole third, he's never stopping. I mean, the pitcher for Milwaukee clearly is like beside himself, upset with the two, the, the two previous steals and doesn't even think about the fact that he's going to go for home. And he only needed a second, John. He needed a second of daylight, and he was gone. And he was the only one out there that was even thinking about it. Um, you know, I think the most – the best way to summarize that entire sequence was whoever it was on the television broadcast. And I don't know if I was watching a, The clip that I saw, I don't know if it was a Reds or Brewers broadcast, had to have been the Reds, when they said – the most electrifying player in baseball or the most exciting player in baseball. I can't remember which adjective, but, but either one, it was accurate. I mean, the the most exciting player in baseball, you never know from the, you know, you, the fact that he hit the site for the cycle in his 15th game, you never thought, you know, you thought, well, how do you top that? To steal three bases and two pitches, unbelievable. And you got to go down and watch him. I mean, that's the bottom line is you got to, you want to watch on TV? You want to buy a ticket? I mean, that's that's what the Reds have needed. Now you hope that they can lock him in and keep him as a prospect of them for the next ten years.
0: I mentioned this to you before because I actually asked um, Tommy Thrall, their play-by-play voice, this, or at least gave him my opinion. And De La Cruz, and I, I didn't mean this, you know, being, you know, an overall baseball player, but just being electric and waiting and watching because you wonder what he's going to do next i put de la cruz in that category with bo jackson that's exactly how i felt watching bo jackson i mean really in two sports but certainly in baseball Pre-injury, you waited and you watched to see what he could do next. I mean, obviously, De La Cruz, you know, baseball-wise, maybe for a higher average, other things of that nature. But just the simple juice and the electrifying nature of what could be next, that's what I compared at that moment De La Cruz to with the voice of the Reds about a month ago.
8: I agree with that. Now, you know, the word juice, I mean, to be fair, Let's be real here. The the three players that also, in terms of, like, stop and you want to see what they're going to do next. I mean, the summer of 98 with Sosa and McGuire. And then after that, when Bonds went on his tear, you couldn't get up. If you were in a restaurant and you were walking to the restroom and you looked up and Bonds was at bat or one of those two guys were bat, you absolutely stopped to watch. There's no doubt about it. You stopped to watch. And and I think that's where De La Cruz is. I mean, you you when when the camera is on him, you stop to watch because you don't know what you're about to see. And I would agree that that was true of Bo Jackson. And of course, in Bo Jackson's case, you also did it just to watch him in center field. Because you had no, I mean, you know. He might just decide to throw somebody out from the gap at right center, like at home plate on the fly. (laughs) And I I
0: think, I think Ellie is, you know, that way defensively too. I mean, we just haven't seen, I don't think as much of that as we have seen. Yeah,
8: He's in a position where it's harder to showcase that. Yeah. Well, it
0: just, I mean, we've the, the offense and the on the base skills and I don't know how you feel about this because this really does turn back the clock as much as they steal um, it uh, it you know it's not station to station stuff anymore. And I, I know the people I, I didn't like him, but I know a lot of people loved how the Cardinals played back in the '80s. I mean, they weren't station to station; they were on the move as soon as they got the first base. And you know, this Reds team plays with a, a similar fashion. I mean, they're always trying to take that extra bag. You know, if you're talking about stealing, if you're talking about you know just one that's not even in the gap, you're just going to take an extra bag. They are always kind of do that. They always play with the hammer down.
8: You know the other thing about it that's great, if De La Cruz has an energy about him. I don't know the guy. You don't know the guy. I don't know that that probably half his teammates know the guy yet. But he has an energy about him that's like a, a he's like the Danny De La Rosa or the the excuse me the uh, De La Rosa the, the Danny Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. He's like the Danny Rojas of baseball. And then you got Joey Votto, who's in his 37th season with the Reds. And he's loving it, right? Like, he's he's deferring to that. I mean, Joey Votto's feeding off the energy and, and having fun with it and enjoying it. It is only a half a season. It's only the All-Star break. But so far, it is well beyond expectation. And it's a long time coming for us long-suffering Reds fans to be able to – it just makes summer that much more fun, man, When 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 you get to come home and check the scores or – Check in on the game and see what they're doing and know that they're never out of games. It's a hell of a lot of fun.
0: Hey, by the way, one quick thing regarding the Pacers. Did you see the report that they're emerging as a legitimate contender to trade for Pascal Siakam? That was according to Mark Stein. So this may take it up a level of interest right here.
8: The the curious thing is going to be what pieces they have to give up for that. They have assets. You know, the one guy that I think is interesting and intriguing, and I don't know if he would be one that's mentioned in that trade, but he's mentioned a lot, is Buddy Heald. And the thing about Buddy Heald, because he's such a good shooter, he's got some trade value, and obviously his timeline doesn't add up in terms of his age versus the age of which the Pacers' young core now is going to be hitting their prime. But I do think that he is a well-respected and well-liked player within that locker room, and I have been surprised, not because I thought he was a bad guy, but even Bruce Brown Jr., when I talked to him, was talking about how excited he was to play with Buddy Heald. And, you know, I think Buddy Heald carries a lot of respect. I think guys really like him and like his attitude. So, it, you know, you hope that that somebody like him moving out, if he were the player, I have no idea, but if he were the player to be moved, I think you got to consider how that affects things because we've seen in the past when they overestimated – the value of somebody coming in versus the value of the camaraderie of what was leaving, and I think it's something you got to weigh in.
0: Well, I, I mentioned this only because we've seen rumors regarding Siakam before and Pacers' interest, but coming from Stein, it's never come to anybody or from anybody in this case that you know has the background in stuff like this, like Stein does. So I, I think that does kind of up the interest level a
8: little bit. You know, Siakam's brother played at IEPY? Yeah,
0: I did know that. Yeah.
8: He's got the he's got an indie connection. Maybe he can live go back and live in his dorm for a bit. <laughs> At least. What, here. He moves. what are you guys doing in the morning? Uh, we're actually going to talk about you know the home run derbies tonight. We'll we'll recap that and then we're gonna continue talking about the summer league actually and, and whether or not, you know, how much we see now, Nemhard, Mather, and those guys, are we you know, are they gonna scale it down? Is this gonna be the end of it for them in the summer league? Um and certainly how they round out that roster or or add to it or make changes still is it fluid, those are the things we're gonna talk about. All right. And obviously obviously that Shaquille Leonard thing will be a major topic of discussion too. Really, to
0: really quick here, in terms of nineties films, who got more railroaded? Richard Kimball or Andy Dufrain? <laughs>
8: Well they both came out smelling like a rose on the other side, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um You talking about major man, railroad, man. railroad jobs right there though. Good lord. What's the Chicago PD doing with Richard Kimball? You know, you know,
8: there's How the can whole you not find a one armed dude? There's the whole theory that Andy Dufresne Andy Dufresne was actually guilty. Yeah. Um but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Richard Kimball, man, that poor that poor guy. I mean, are you kidding me? Like you know, I don't know though. Andy Dufresne he Spent nineteen
0: years what... in Shawshank though.
8: Was was Richard Kimball's wife killed?
0: Yes, by the one arm man, the lovely and talented well, Celia Ward. Yes,
8: I knew that. But but you know, I would say actually Richard Kimball got more railroaded because he had to witness the whole thing. I don't think Andy <laughs> yeah. Frame was. He was out. He was out swigging yeah whiskey in his
0: car. He had like nineteen years. He had to dig through walls and swim through prisoner crap and everything. So.
8: What, what year did he escape? Was it sixty six or sixty seven? Uh,
0: well, he got in in uh, forty seven and escaped in sixty six. Yeah.
8: And nineteen sixty six, Andy Dufresne. Yep, that's right. All they found was a rock hammer, darn near worn to the nose. Awesome. If you ever go to, if you ever go to Mansfield, Ohio, man, you have got to go. To the to the Mansfield Reformatory, which was where they filmed Shawshank, and the whole thing now is like a museum for the movie. It is awesome. Yeah. Cannot suggest it enough.
0: Yeah. Tomorrow morning Kevin and Querry begins at seven AM here on the fan. Thanks, Jake. All right, J we will see it. There's a Jake query right there. Quick break, we'll come back. I'm way over. Ninety three five one oh seven five the fan. <laughs>
2: The Ride with JMV. Well, you're going to have to say that. You're going to have to speak up, because I can't hear you. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: And my thanks to Jay Query for joining us. The home run derby tonight at Major League Baseball from Seattle is at 8 o'clock. You can hear that right here. I mentioned this. Uh, Evan Sidery had, had tweeted it, and it comes from Mark Stein at the Stein line. And I, I, give, it, I give that a little more credence, because... It's not just kind of your your average dude tossing stuff around. I mean, Stein has always been very plugged in to NBA news. And from Mark Stein, evidently the Pacers are emerging as a legitimate contender to trade for Pascal Siakam. Uh, Siakam last year for the Raptors over 24 points a game. Now, you move on from the Steinline tweet. To Evan Sidery adding this, Indiana added an additional 2024 first-round pick before the draft while preserving cap space flexibility for next summer. They would be a fantastic fit for Siakam. Uh, we shall see. And in terms of oh, you know, the oh-wow stuff that I talk about, that would be an oh-wow right there. Over 24 points a game a year ago. And really, our conversations always more so than not have centered around OG Ananobi. Uh, this is Siakam. and again, according to Mark Stein, two three nine ten seventy. Jonathan is next. Hello, Jonathan.
7: Hey, how are you doing today? Great. great go great ahead. Listening to you again. Thank you, brother. Um, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier about building on winning, like the Reds are doing and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's hilarious because you and I both like Lou Brown, right? Great character. Yes, a great and lovely, Brown. Leader. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he, this year, uh, even though it's football with the Colts, he would make a great senior advisor, like <laughs> one of those coaches who isn't really yeah. in charge. Yeah, kind of there, knows what he's talking about. He'd be like, if he if he calls Richardson Ricky, he could be like, come on, Ricky, we need Marvin Harrison Jr. next year.
0: <laughs> and uh, I love it. Uh, I, I love getting the effort. I have to. i normally have to be sick to get my Lou Brown voice going here.
7: But, oh, Okay. Sometimes that makes me sound like <laughs> yeah, the Arthur too when
0: I'm yeah, sick like that. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm more. I can do a Lou Brown like the, I, I can do the forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater, and sound yeah. pretty close to it right there.
7: Rich Richardson overthrows somebody and uh, just kills a fan in the stands. I think you can go get him now.
0: <laughs> just we, pull him out. I want to tell you what that is. The Lou Brown character in Major League is sports movie wise, is it not one of the best?
7: Exactly. It's called a winning streak. It has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, wouldn't I wouldn't
0: know that. I appreciate you right there. James Gammon. You know, it's funny, we're giving away that trip to Boston for the July the fifteenth Jim Arsay collection, which is happening at the T D Garden, uh, featuring you know, Ario Speedwagon with Kevin Cronin. Uh, Peter Wolf, Jay Giles' band, Vince Gill with the Eagles, now obviously on tour and coming to Gambridge Field House in October. But um, you know the Colts and the Gorman, Jeffrey Gorman. Jeffrey Gorman has an inc- uh, listen, an incredible connection to the late actor James Gammon. So. Uh, James Gammon is one of my all-time favorites. Because not only did I love him, as we all did in Major League. But if you remember, one of our other favorite all-timers would be Urban Cowboy. And he was also one of these supporting actors in that. Just that gruff voice. He was perfect for Major League. Big old hairy caterpillar mustache great James Gammon no longer with us but left his mark with some some really good and memorable moments no doubt about that yeah you guys got that right finally the fugitive is what I was talking about I referenced that with uh, Jake at the end of the conversation I think he was on about 900 times this weekend so why I asked Jake who was more railroaded, Richard Kimball or Andy Dufresne? I, I guess if you want to try to even it out, Andy Dufresne spent 19 years at Shawshank, but Richard Kimball was on death row. But that was on literally about 100 times over the weekend. And it's one of those where, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you just got to go. The only part I don't like is once they figure out that it's – Dr. Nichols and that whole fight at the end. I mean, I'm okay with it, but yeah, the rest of the film is just fantastic. Start to finish. Close to start to finish. As good as you're going to find. But it was Coleman who was, quote, shacked up with a chick in Whiting. With that reference from our caller a little bit earlier. Alright, quick break and we shall return. I do want to get Evan Snyder on here if we can. Okay, Evan's good. I want to ask him about just the level in which there might be interest regarding Pascal Siakam. Get you updated on that. Dustin DePurek, who is out at the Summer League in Vegas, joins us in the 5 o'clock hour. Quick break. Back with you next. Plus, our Boston winner with the Colts, the gore Man, and the Jim Irsay collection. We'll talk to that winner and choose that winner. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. 93.5107. 5. The 5, Fan.
2: and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Dustin DiPurek of the Star, top of the hour from Vegas, the side of the Summer League matchup with the Pacers later on tonight. Second of the Vegas Summer League. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, uh, he, a basketball news friend of the show, Evan Sidery, is here because I want to get a little bit more background in a rumor that this afternoon has caught a little bit more steam with Mark Stein kind of jumping in on that regarding Pascal Siakam and reported interest from the Pacers. Evan Sidery's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What can you tell us?
1: Yeah, so according to Mark Stein in his latest newsletter today, he mentioned that Pascal Siakam and the Raptors are still – not close on a future extension. and He might actually be on the move here relatively soon, which is kind of a surprise because it's kind of died down lately in NBA news. But the Raptors are reportedly still listening to trade offers on Pascal Siakam. The Hawks are mentioned, but also the Pacers – and Mark Stein mentioned that they're reportedly, quote-unquote, a serious contender for acquiring Pascal Siakam, which kind of surprised me, John, because they just drafted a four in Jairus Walker. They just traded for a four in Obi Toppin. So a very interesting move this would be, but if they do go out and get a Pascal Siakam, this team could actually be a legitimate contender, in my opinion, next season.
0: Evan Sidery of Basketball News with us. So explain to the folks out there, Hype again, this is a report, but how might that financially and then trade-wise work from a Pacer standpoint?
1: Yeah, so Pascal Siakam actually has a pretty big salary next year. He's on an expiring contract. So I actually imagine the price wouldn't be that high as far as draft compensation goes, but $38 million next year Pascal Siakam is owed. And the Pacers need to match around $30 million in salary to make that happen. So you have to imagine Buddy Heel be included in that. But I personally heard that they really value Buddy Heel and they want him to be their sixth man of the future. So I doubt that Buddy Heald is on the move. I think they want a, a lot back in return for Buddy Heald. And the Patriots can still make it work financially even without Buddy Heald's $19 million salary. Just for example, they can make the salaries work with Daniel Tice, TJ McConnell, Aaron e. Smith, Jalen Smith, and Jordan Ward. That's a lot of players there. We've been talking about for a while, John, they have a lot of young players and they consolidate those players. If you want to include all those players in that deal, plus maybe a future pick they just got from the Nuggets in that deal, the 2024 first from them, maybe the Raptors take that. They get a lot of depth. They get a future pick back in return for an expiring contract. I do think, honestly, that can make that can make sense for Indiana if they really want to make a win, that push next season. But, again, looking at it more from a long-term perspective, how does Siakam fit next to Juris? walker because i think jairus walker's a natural four and if you get siakam in here he'd be playing the four as well
0: i um for the long term in, in what they have to me this kind of sounds like that it would have to be nearly a 180 from where their thinking has been if they were to make a deal like this you agree
1: yeah, and I think they kind of gave a sneak preview of this thought during Tyrese Halliburton's press conference last week, and Kevin Pritchard and Rick Parlow both mentioned the, the win total next season, and they're hoping for 45 to 50 wins next season. And I took them at their word for that, and if that's truly the case, I think this is a playoff team next year, and I think this is a 45-plus win team, which would probably be a top-six team in the Eastern Conference next season, not including the play-in, and making a move for Siakam, who is a 25 point per game score he's a good facilitator too, a good defender a veteran leader in the locker room as well for toronto i think he would definitely push them above that apron of 45 wins potentially 50 wins next season if you have siakam with miles turner you have Jairus Walker off the bench with Obi Toppin. You keep Andrew Nemhard around in that. the keep Buddy Healed, Obviously, Halliburton and Matherin and Bruce Brown. And that's a legitimate starting five, John. That, and they could really go up against a lot of teams in the East and a lot of teams in the NBA. And if they were to get Siaka for next season, even with the risk of it only being a one-year deal, a one-year trial run here, they would be a very, very good team next year, in my opinion. So,
0: Evan Sider, your basketball news on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. That just, to me, would be, a, that would be a different direction in thought if they were to, to make a deal Like that, it would be more of a win now mentality, which you know I I would find interesting and certainly energizing. I just don't know. I'd have to, I guess, believe it to see it. Now, I would ask you this: you you mentioned it's tough to really see any type of deal of that magnitude going down without Buddy Heel being a part of it. I mean, it just it just does. But again, hypothetically, could a third team get involved in a situation like
1: this too? I think so. If if the Raptors, for example, don't want to take back five players in a deal if they want to keep buddy Heald out of it, those players i mentioned before all add up to the needed salaries to get siak and they're all bench players they all play a role here but long term i don't think any of those five players i mentioned tice mcconnell neesmith smith nawara i don't know if they're all starter level players at the pace so if you're getting pascal siak in the building that might be worth it you can especially him to stay long term but i have to imagine here buddy he would have to be involved if not I ain't the Pacers are hitting a highway robbery without getting without including Heald for Pascal Siak. Because you can keep Buddy Heald out of that deal, John. You have a legitimate eight- or nine-player rotation, even after trading all those guys, where they are, I think, very much in that 45- to 51 range.
0: Uh, you, that's Yeah, that's that's incredibly interesting. Do you think at all that this – you mentioned Tyrese Halliburton and, and what he has said about his expectations. Do you believe at all there has been – A uh, somewhat change of heart about what they believed they could do compared to now, what they can, uh, what they believe they can do this coming season, win total
1: wise? I think so. I think based off what we've seen with Tyrese Halliburton and when he shared the core with Miles Turner, they have a positive net rating. They have a 45 to 50 win pace when those two guys played last year. And they've gone all in around Tyrese Halliburton, getting that $260 million extension, but they also added in Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin, two players that Tyrese Halliburton will thrive with because he loves playing in transition. They love playing fast. And those two guys thrive in that in that mold, too. So they're building this team all around Tyrese Halliburton. Pascal Siakam, if you're curious, he thrives in transition as well. He'd be a great fit as far as pushing the pace and playing a, a faster pace style offense in Indiana. So I think if they're really building around Tyrese Halliburton, which obviously gave him that money, they're, they're certainly doing so. I think Siakam, is a certain a big roll of the dice because it's a huge flight risk if you can't keep them around past next season. But well, and you got two tr- of them
0: too. I mean, you got two one and, and, and Obi Toppin is in you know at a low price tag for a couple of second rounders, but you have two and would be in a similar situation. That seems like a lot for this team.
1: Yeah, unless they believe maybe John that juris Walker could play small ball five or he could play the three because I know it's only been one summer league game so far, but yeah. the clinic ability that juris Walker showed. Maybe it opened up their eyes a little bit. Then maybe, maybe he can play a couple more positions than they thought. And Jairus Walker could handle the playmaking load. And he can maybe be more versatile. Maybe he can play the small ball five. Maybe you could get him at the three a little bit, too, to play alongside a Siakam and a Miles Turner, for example. I think Jairus Walker could actually fit in that sort of scenario there. So I think that's a really intriguing thought. And I think with them, it's more so about – if you roll the dice like this, like you mentioned, John, they really think they are a legitimate competitor next season, and that's a little bit surprising. But we've seen already, and the Pacers are getting a lot of hype nationally. They are certainly getting a lot of hype for being big winners the offseason so far. If they go out and get Pascal Siakam, I think they've really pushed that over the edge there, and it's a real good chance that I think they might be a top four team in the East next year. Yeah, season.
0: well, yeah. I mean, that 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 shatters, I think, um, what everybody thought. At least the the initial plan of what everybody thought. Evan, before I let you go here. I have to hit the top of the hour break but are there any other teams out there that that could absorb could trade for then absorb uh nicely a nice fit with siakam and their situation right now situation right now because it it doesn't seem like to me from what the options hypothetically you've given that there wouldn't be better options somewhere else out there might there be
1: yeah, there, there's only one team that Mark Stein also mentioned in his report, and this team's been floated out there for a while with Pascal Siakam. And that's the Atlanta Hawks, who just re-signed DeJounte Murray on the contract, too, but they could fit salaries for Siakam. They could trade DeAndre Hunter, who was a Pacers rumored target for a while. He makes $20 million. You could throw in some filler into that deal and make it work, too. Maybe Clint Capello's included in that for a third team. So Atlanta is the one team to watch out for with Siakam, but according to all the buzz over the last 24 hours, it's Atlanta, it's Indiana. If the Raptors indeed decide to trade Siakam, those are the top two teams to watch. All
0: right. At, uh, Evan Sidery Basketball News, man, uh, keep your uh, finger on all that uh, informationally is out there and make sure you come on here and uh, give it to us if you hear anything, okay?
1: Absolutely. Anytime, John. appreciate it.
0: Evan Sidery Basketball News on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The uh, interest reportedly of the Pacers in Pascal Siakam. Quick break, we'll come back. Dustin DePurek talks Summer League from Vegas. we got our Boston winner we're going to announce at the bottom of the hour, 2, 93.5, 5, The Fan.
5: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah, and the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
0: The pace is on NBA TV tonight in the summer league. What's on? Is it eight thirty? I believe. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. Tra- Travis James just asked me this, so I had a granola bar before the start of the show, and I don't know why. Like it, it decided to reemerge, <laughs> and I turned the mic off. And. J- Travis John evidently caught me in that moment right here. Good Lord. (laughs) It looks like I'm about ready to throw up in here. I thought sure that was during the break. Is that during the break or was that during the show itself? Travis says, I'm tuning in. I love this picture. Uh, literally, I look like I'm getting ready to barf. Boston trip winner, bottom of the hour. The Jim Irsay Collection, July the 15th, TD Garden in Boston. Going to get a winner for that bottom of the hour. And talk to that winner coming up around 5.30. Evan Evan regarding the rumor floating around about Pascal Siakam interest in more. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from Vegas right now. Yeah, he said last week that uh, not fun in the sun. There's a lot of business going on out there. Covering of basketball, Dustin Depuyrak of the Star is with us. Hello, Dustin, how you doing?
10: Doing well, Jamesy. How you doing?
0: So no Britney Spears shows or anything like that. Just all <laughs> business
10: certainly not pretty pretty much all business come so. on man
0: seriously uh... was,
10: you know what i'll tell you i did i did one cool thing i got a cousin who lives down here i swear to god he moved out here to be an elvis impersonator i'm not joking no it. way awesome, you swear to god swear to god now he's been here for like 26 years he's got gray hair now so you know not not quite that but he was a young elvis impersonator. I swear on my life this is true and uh so i went out with him yesterday morning uh, he's got a, uh, he's got a boat down in Lake Mead. So we went out there, went for a ride, hung out there for a while. That was a blast. So that's the one non-business thing, but I figured you would appreciate, appreciate. That is and awesome. I my family who was an Elvis impersonator. Yes, that
0: is, so. that is awesome. I have, well, I've been at Lake Mead as well before.
10: We, it's fantastic. It's gorgeous. We it's jumped beautiful.
0: off a cliff. We were out there for a friend of mine was, um, bachelor party. Actually, I take that back. We were out there for my wedding. That's how cloudy i am we were out there for my wedding and a group of us dudes went to lake mead and we jumped off it was a cliff somewhere um i don't even know where it is in lake mead but we jumped in and then swam across this kind of channel-esque type of thing got to the other side and there was a sign that said no swimming hazardous waste in it so wow. yeah, and we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd already it done it. We'd already done that yeah. though. But Lake, Lake Mead's pretty cool. Lake,
10: Lake Lake
0: Mead is pretty cool.
10: It really is. I mean, it's it's wild because you're just used to like when you're used to like out east at all. Or just just anywhere east of the Rockies, like you're you're used to the world looking a certain way with yeah. grass and trees and stuff like that. And then you get out there and there's just all these just like rocky desert cliffs, and then there's a lake in the middle of it, <laughs> and it's just it's just a wild scene. You're like, what what am I looking at? This is like oh, just it, you feel like you're on a different planet than you are. But the lake is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's a it's beautiful scenery, uh, and and it's a blast. So like my 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 cousin's got a really sweet boat from like 1979 that he like redid himself was just just a ball so really good time, yeah, really you know, beautiful area out there.
0: I wondered when we were swimming in Lake Mead uh, how many dead bodies we were swimming over the top of. Uh, let's
10: not even think about that. Probably a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the they found one like so a they year not ago, been right? Found by anybody? <laughs>
0: Didn't they find yeah. one in a barrel like a year ago out there? I think they got a barrel oh, out yeah. of there, and no, I believe that's sounds, the
10: case. Sounds altogether possible for me. I'm okay. sure just everybody who was killed in the movie Casino probably <laughs> is out
0: there. <laughs> yeah. I think they utilized the desert, but I bet they or some (laughs) others utilize there, too. I, I had referenced a little bit earlier that Mark Stein rumor regarding Pacer interest in Pascal Siakam. Would that make any sense to you?
10: It's yeah, some, I'm trying to think of what it would, uh, what it would turn out to be. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, he's just such a good player that it's like, okay, like, if, if you have a shot at him, you have to, you have to consider it. You know, you have to think about it. Obviously, it would make for a, uh, you know, salary crunch of the year, um, when Halliburton's extension kicks in and then, you know, you're still dealing with the last year of Turner's contract. Uh, so that's three pretty big deals, uh, altogether. Three guys that you're going to be paying a lot of money to. Um, but obviously, I mean, that's presuming you don't move Turner as part of that move, which, like, I guess you probably would have to, because you know who else would uh, the Raptors take uh, other than Miles Turner? Who who else gets you there? Um, and I, I guess nobody would. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously, you've seen just the, the amount of inside-outside talent he has. Obviously, big, rangy guy who could really shoot and score from just about every level. Get his own shot. I mean, he's just he's just kind of a freaky athlete. I mean, you remember him kind of on that Toronto team that won the title, and, and it was he was more like kind of not back to the basket but, but more of a kind of longer range you big um but since you know leonard left and whatever and and you know you've seen him just take more control of the offense and he's the guy that's initiating a lot i mean he's just a really really talented guy um so adding that obviously up to your talent level certainly it's a question of okay what, what do you have to give up you know what do you lose um in that case i mean certainly i think he can he can play the four i think he, 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 Talented enough to play the three, um, and so you're obviously moving some people around. You know, you know, some guys that would be expecting, I think, this year to have some bigger roles. You know, might lose them. I mean, again, you probably if you're going to get them, you probably have to trade Turner and Neal. Like, I don't, I don't know that you, that Toronto could even think about doing that deal for anything less. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's you know I, that that opens things up and moves things around. Um, so, I mean, like it, it's 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 a weird one just because it seemed like they were kind of get to the point where they were settled. Um but again that, that's sort of the sort of player that like if you got a shot you gotta at least find out what it's gonna take.
0: I um I I would find it a too much of a misdirection of the current mm-hmm. path to really buy too
10: much into it. Is that fair? A little bit. Well, let me I, I, I want to look up how old is he? Um hold on a minute. Let me let me check this. Oh he's twenty nine. Yeah, that's I what mean, I thought twenty nine, yeah. Yeah a a, a little because I, I, just okay, once he turned thirty, uh, so it's April twenty second, nineteen ninety four. So the end, he's just turned twenty nine, and at the end of the season, he'll be thirty. I mean, a little, yeah. I mean, again, like, I, I, I think he's a really good player. I know Rick Carlisle thinks he's a really good player. Um, and, again, a guy just averaged 24.2 last yes. year. I mean, like, he's just he, – the dude just gets buckets, you know, 20, 24.2, 7.8 rebounds. And, see, this is I like something with seven me seven that would be next baller.
0: to – it would be next to Miles, not without Miles.
10: If you could do that, because like, well, but like, who would Toronto take if not? Yeah, I know it doesn't make. I mean,
4: I mean, can you bounce Toronto around take? a third?
0: Is there a third team that you could bounce around? Because that's that's I, why I, I find it really. I want to talk about it because it's a hell of a rumor, but I, yeah. I don't find it believable yet because it just doesn't seem like the Pacers would have enough that they would want to part with right now to do it.
10: Right. I mean, he's 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 older than everybody that's like kind of part of your core. You know, other than Buddy, who's thirty and is on an expand and on an expiring deal, I mean, like again, like they could take Buddy and you know on the expiring deal and, and know they're going to get all that money in a year. Um, you know, if they're really trying to bust this thing up with Van Vliet gone now and everything like that, but like, I, I just I just don't see how they have enough. I and mean, like, even if they involve a their team, like they got to give up something to somebody. You know, and, and again, like I, I you got to put in at least close to what you're taking out of that and and again like i like they they probably have the the money right now to pull it off i mean there's probably they're probably a south of the luxury tax enough that they could get in there you know and and take him um I'm trying to figure just what I'll, I'll find his salary or whatever I know it's substantial um but it's just yeah like a a year from now or two years from now or whatever, and like if you want to keep him, it's gonna be more expensive, and you know i I just can't see. Them being able to get into this without giving up somebody, you know, just big, important, and real, and somebody that's going to be part of their that, that that's part of their bigger plan. Like, again, I just I just don't think Buddy heals enough. Like, I think I think you know, it, to to get a player like that, you you know, like you almost have to part with Turner.
0: Well, let's, let's think about this before we get to the summer league. And Dustin Depuyre joins us from Vegas, the side of the summer league game two for the Pacers later on tonight. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Um it, it certainly would sound like that there was a a big time detour from. Um, initial thoughts directionally when the Pacers are going, because that is a we believe we can win right now move. And I'll have you answer that, but could there be conversationally what they've done now longer term with Tyrese Halliburton and the words of Tyrese Halliburton saying, hey, you know, we expect to win right now? I mean, could have lot, a lot of their thought process on what they believe this path to be changed? Over the past six-plus months or so?
10: I mean, I think think their timeline is pushed up, but not like this. You know, I I think my thought, my general thought is, and and I think this is sort of how Tyrese has talked about it, I I think it's reasonable for this team to think it should make the playoffs. But there's still a lot to go before you're talking about a championship. Um, I mean, there, there is this other piece, too, that I, I, I did check this out now. And, and so Siakam is also on, a, on an expiring deal. He's due $37 million this year, and he's an unrestricted free agent next year. And so they could all just bring him on for a year and let him walk right. um, if they wanted to. And again, like I, I, just, I, I don't like the idea of giving up Turner for that. You know, like on. on like I don't like guys. the
0: idea of giving up Turner at all. So I just, yeah, it I seems like know, if that's a piece I'm you're playing, and, and if that's a piece right. you're playing, you're going for. You want him with Miles. You want him with exactly. Halliburton. So that doesn't exactly. make any sense. And, and,
10: it's just, and just on the flip side of it, like, what would you know? Like, I mean, again, I, I get. I guess if you brought a third team in, maybe you could put Buddy in that, and maybe some smaller parts, and and end up with Siakam on the other side. But I, I just. I don't get it off the top, of mate Like, obviously, I'm like first year covering the NBA, and I haven't seen a really good, you know, the Pacers do a really big three team deal where you know they're putting a lot in and, and everything. I mean, they obviously were part of the big one at the at the deadline where they basically got like you know Jordan Nora like he was a couch that somebody had to get rid of, right? You know, like so it's just like I'm, I'm just like just off the top of my head, like I I just can't imagine you get a player that good that expensive without putting somebody in that's really, really good and pretty expensive. And, like, Buddy gets you part of the way there, and I just don't know if he gets you all the way there. And so, again, like, I don't think they should look at trade miles, like, from for, for their, you know, like, I think they're better off having him, you know, like, he's the best-dressed player at the, at the NBA Summer League. I just want to point that out just so everybody agrees with me. Um, but, like, uh, you know, I don't know – I. I I I don't, I don't see it, but I mean, they must have at least, they must be at least taking the calls. They must be at least throwing something out there, and and, you know, the the Raptors must be listening to it. But I'd be, yeah, I I don't like the idea of giving up Miles for that because I also like, even though he's only got two more years in this deal that he just signed, I, I do think he can keep him. You know, like I, I think that's doable in two years. Like I think if you give him a solid raise, get him up to twenty five, maybe thirty. If he plays well enough to earn it, you know, you can keep him, and he can be your guy in the middle there for a while, and that could be a key piece. So, yeah, I, I don't love it, um, but I mean, I, I get also thinking like Siakam's a really, really good player, and 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 you know, I'd, I'd want to know what it was going to take for me.
4: Yeah,
0: uh, Dustin Depierre of the Stars with us. Um, Are we, I would say yes, but I want your opinion on it because famously we remember years ago when when Larry Bird stated that Paul don't make the decisions around here. I know that Tyrese Halliburton is not making decisions, but how much influence and or input does he have with maybe a win-now mentality over what they thought it should be this time a year ago? What do you think?
10: I mean, like, I, I, a significant amount, but I don't like. I, I thought Kevin Pritchard was pretty honest when we we talked to him. I think this was April uh, because again, Rick Carlisle. It, this was kind of how it went: was that we we talked to Carlisle and he said that you know they had told Halliburton that he has to, he should consider himself a partner in the franchise. And Pritchard was pretty good about laying it out and saying like, I want his input on everything. I want to know what he thinks about everything because. You know, not just because he's a great player, because he's such a good connector. He's, he's such a high basketball intellect guy, and he cares about all this stuff. Like, like Tyrese is invested in, like, he cares about who's getting traded where, who's moving around. He's getting to know these guys. Like, he, he cares. Like, he wants to watch these games. Like, he was at, I mean, I, I think they had 16 work draft workouts. I think he was probably, I think if we saw him at 13 or 14. I know there was, like, a couple he left town for, but he was there in almost all of them. So he is taking seriously the idea that he's a partner. And I think they really trust, again, just the way he views the game probably more than anybody trusted it from Paul George. Again, I wasn't here for that, you know, and and I don't really know Paul that well. But, man, Tyrese is so sharp. I mean, when you you talk to him and you would get him just – babbling about basketball and who's doing what here and what they should do, and what they should do. Like he, he really gets it. You know, I mean, like he's going to have a basketball career beyond his playing days in something, whether it's media, whether it's a front office, whether it's coaching, like he, he it, it, as long as he wants to, he has that mentality, that, that capacity. So, um, you know, it, it it makes a lot of sense.
4: Uh, uh, it,
10: it makes a lot of sense to, um, you know, to give him some level of keys. But Kevin Pritchard made a point of also saying, look, like, I, I make the final decisions. I don't want to put the pressure on him that he's got to be the guy that makes the choices. So he ultimately has to say this is kind of where our timeline is, and I'm sure they talked it out. But I, I do think that Pritchard already was thinking that, that this is further along. We should move this further along. You know, we, we have more talent and we're ready, you know, that, that this is, uh, this team is capable of making a step. If it gets some pieces, if it drafts well, it's, it's capable of going up. I, and, again, like, I don't see yet a view that this is a swing for the fences, you know, let's try to win a championship now team. Like, again, you're talking about a situation where their best player, again, that they just gave a max deal to, is 23. And their probably second best asset still at this point is 20 in Benedict Matherin. So if he's not 21 yet, one or the other, one way or another, that's kind of where you're at. Like your two sort of core, most important, this is what you're building around pieces. And even the new guys they added, you know, about what, Bruce Brown's, I think 26. I think that's the same age. Obi Toppin might be 24. You know, like these guys are still young. Everything they're bringing in is young. Um, it's talented and it's young. So they're not going crazy yet. So- Siakam obviously would be a departure. You know, that, that would be a significant departure. And, you know, that would suggest to me some change in dynamic. Um, but I think that they are on the same page in believing that the step to being a playoff team is makeable. The step to being a championship team is further down the line, but the step to being a cha- a playoff team right now is a makeable step. So,
0: they have made moves so far to protect themselves. Bruce Brown mm-hmm. had a, a protective device on it as well with a couple of years. You know, yeah. obviously not giving up much at all with Obi Toppin, the guy could bounce after this year, but if he mm-hmm. has a really good year, um, seems like maybe you'd want to stay and still reap the benefits of where you had that that good year after the disappointing years as a lottery selection in New York, and the Pacers, you know, gave up, you know, a couple of second rounders for that. Um, it, can you view this situation as far as being in a, you know, a contract that's going to end with Siakam that way? It just seems like I don't. You wouldn't want to give up a lot. That you embrace, or a lot that you would expect you could use further down the road for a situation like this in the now, simply because I'm with you, they should make the postseason, they should win forty five games coming up next year, mm-hmm. but that would be a move that's like a Eastern Conference finals type of move to me right there
10: yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree that that's pushing it a little, a little bit further down the line I like again I, I i get I get reading into it, and and I guess if you can get them for two take them. You know, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, if if, if you can get him without having to trade miles, I'd, you know, I'd have to think about it. You know, especially if Buddy's the you know lead member of the deal. And you know, like from a reporter's standpoint, I'm gonna I would miss the crap out of Buddy. He was over here, you know, at, at summer league, like you know, taking loose balls and then like shooting him from shooting them from the stands until like the ref had to tell him no. Um, and the guy just cracks me up. But like, you know, I get it that you know it. If if Buddy's you know is uh, you know contract is expiring anyway and Siakam's is expiring, well you know and they're both the same age and Siakam's an upgrade, you know and so if you can make that deal, I get it. You know if you can make it without trading Miles, and I, if I just have a hard time thinking Toronto is going to do it or you know anybody else is going to be a part of a deal where Buddy is the best player that Indiana is putting in the mix.
0: Yeah, and how much of this could ultimately be Dustin too? I mean, they lost Van Vliet, Um mm-hmm. And it sure. doesn't appear as if they want to go ahead and reboot things. But I mean, is this informationally speaking? Is it trying to get, you know, a guy that's going to be 30 coming up in April, an extension? with the Raptors here for what he wants? Could
10: be trying to get an extension, could be trying to drum up a market to move them, you know, just to kind of say, like, hey, these teams are out there and they've got interest in a power forward, right. you know, like something like that, you know, even though the, the Pacers really address that between the draft with Walker and, the and and you know, adding Toppin, um, you know, it, it could be. Um, it's, it, it could it, it, all of these can obviously be moves. I mean, you look at how many uh, free agents the Pacers were connected to, you know, leading up to, you know, they won a free agency and almost all of them uh, signed big contracts to stay where they were. You know, like, I am sure that th- all of those guys are better off because there was rumored interest from the Pacers, you know, and so what was true, what wasn't. I mean, I would, I, I would have called about almost all those guys, Jeremy Grant, certainly Harrison Barnes with the connections that he had with Halliburton and with Rick Carlisle, um, you know, Rui Hachimura, Cameron Johnson, you know, all of those, Kyle Kuzma, uh, those are really talented guys who have been really good fits. And, you know, and I, I'm sure they did call or tried or whatever, and all that interest I'm sure led to each of those guys getting – Big contracts, especially Grant getting five years, one hundred sixty million. You know, so obviously a lot of this stuff gets used for different purposes. So, you know, wouldn't surprise me that that there's some smokescreen action there. Um, but you know, you got to <laughs> from where I stand, you got to take it all seriously because certainly these, you know. They're not all, always calling you and telling you exactly what
0: they're saying. Well, I, and, and and listen, Mark Stein is is in on stuff. Um, he's legit yeah, on, on he's a legit. national level. He's in on stuff. I think that uh, I, I don't think he had it first, but uh, he had like early interest in the Pacers with Bruce Brown. When I, I'm not yeah, suggesting no, that we, we the, were dismissing that. Too. So and I mean. Too. Yeah, so he's been on a lot of what the Pacers are doing before they've done it on the early stages of it. So I think that mm-hmm. this I think desires a little bit more focus than if just some you know, somebody we don't really know too well is knocking
10: <laughs> yeah, that no, theory you, around. You can't you can't write off Mark Stein, no. I mean like there's there's the woe Sean's level and they're seem to be getting everything directly. Um, but you know, right after that Mark's as connected as anybody there is.
0: It's uh Dustin DePirac of the Star. We brought you on here because you're out in Vegas uh, for the Summer League. Game 2 is later on tonight. Uh doubling back with with Walker and Company in mind, what do you think about that performance on Saturday against the Wiz?
10: I'm impressive about a bunch of stuff. I I thought you know, the defense stood out, which again is not something you see all the time uh you know in the Summer League. I, I think um you know it's it certainly obvious that the Pacers are here with a couple guys that are already established. You know I mean? Like they put out a starting five that I would put up there with probably the top five starting fives out here in, in this event, you know, obviously because certainly all the superstars are not playing in this and they're just coming to hang out. But I mean, and you can't, I don't think you're allowed to be in this after your third year in the NBA. Um, but certainly because the Pacers are so young and have guys that are that young, you know, they were, you know, Matherin Nemhart and Isaiah Jackson are just, functioning at a different level than the guys that Wizards were putting out there. So, but you, you brought those together. Ad Walker, who's Really, really good defensively, and you had some really sharp stuff going on, especially in the second quarter when they held the Wizards to three of eighteen shooting. It was pretty tough, and they lagged a little bit in the second half. But still, uh, you know that part was pretty impressive. You know, I thought I I, again like what we saw from defensively from Walker. That one block where he just kind of swallowed up Quentin Jackson, hole going for a dunk. uh, You know, really stood out. Again, you you see the length, you see the athleticism. It's it's shot blocking, but it's not even just that. I mean, he he picked a couple guys' pockets on the perimeter, um, and so. So basically everything you heard about him as a defender checked out in that game. You know, his, his versatility, you know, what he can do with that length, how he can keep guards in front of him, but also how he can react uh, and get down there to block a shot. I mean, he was supposed to, you know, on, on that play when he had to block, you know, his guy was at the left elbow at the three-point line, and he saw that guy beat Wong Um and he got just right to the rim was right next to him. And, and the guy went up for a dunk, apparently didn't see him and, and felt the brunt of that. So, so I thought that was impressive. Again, thought Jackson showed a lot of uh, really good energy, you know, with the dunks and the rebounds I think he went 21, 14, something like that. Um, you know, that, that's, you know that that's good news, basically. Obviously, he's not going to be a guy that's going to start, but you continue to continue to see that that him him his energy, run the floor, block shots, get rebounds, dunk the ball. Uh, you know he can be effective in that range. Certainly, Mathurin looks fine. Um, you know I I'm sure Matherin after seeing Jabari Smith go off for 35, Matherin's going to be going to 40 tonight. Um, you know so he's going to be out there chucking it. This should be a fun time. Memhard looks steady. Um, had more way more turnovers than I thought. I don't even know it, it said eight in the box score. I don't know where those came from. Um, all those guys were 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 sturdy and played like I thought like veterans. So that allowed uh, the Pacers to really sort of see you know act like far ahead of the game just because they they have guys that are already established and played a lot of minutes in the NBA already, even as their first, second, third year guys.
0: Any surprise names that maybe you weren't thinking about before the performance that that stood out to you as, as we um, go into tonight's game two?
10: The one guy who I thought did stuff that, that was sort of notable on that level. I mean, I'm not utterly shocked because I knew he was a really good athlete and everything like that and that, that this would be this sort of uh, event that he could shine in. But Kendall Brown, I thought, looked really good. Uh, you know, just, just the length that he's got, the athleticism. He was dealing with injuries. Obviously, he's a two-way guy to start with, so he's only coming up for so many games anyway. Um, but, you know, athleticism is really, really good. Certainly looks healthy now after he was dealing with like some kind of – like I think it was like – yeah I think it's a stress factor stress stress, stress. Fracture in his left leg, I think. Um, at the end of last season, he missed a, a bunch of it, so you didn't even see him come up anytime they were bringing up two way guys. Um, but, you know, uh, he, I think he had four, maybe five block shots, uh, you know, rebounded it pretty well, you know, got out in transition, dunked the ball, uh, you know, so, so that's a lot of good things there, I expect. Certainly, as, you know, some of these bets kind of cycle out, at, you know, when you get into game three and game four out here. So I think you're going to see more from Brown, you know, more tonight and probably more in the next game. And so you're going to get a better sense of what he's all about. And then, also, there'll, there'll be some other guys who haven't gotten in yet that I think uh, will also get some more work. You'll, you'll see some more opportunities for Ben Shepherd. Um, you know, you'll see some more opportunities for guys like Darius McGee and I, Isaiah Wong, and, and they'll they'll have more of a chance to take over going forward.
0: It's uh, Dustin DePurek right there in Las Vegas with us uh, covering Summer League for the Pacers and a lot more for us from the star, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So four bodies in Lake Mead last year is what they found. Four bodies. Wow. wow.
10: I guess that's probably smaller than I
0: thought. <laughs> there are probably more there. They just found those. So, yeah, found it. Yes. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you. Enjoy the game tonight. Sounds good. We'll do. Thank you, Dustin Depierre of the Star covers the Pacers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I cannot position myself to think that that the Siakam thing has much potential of happening. Anybody with me on that? Like, do I find it? Yeah. Hell yeah. It just it that seems like that is we are a very close, and this is the move we're making type of deal. Anybody else agree? But I will tell you this, I mean, Mark Stein, Mark Stein has been all over some of these early Pacer moves. Like Alex Golden is the guy that had the Bruce Brown story going back two weeks from this Friday. But Mark Stein nationally has been in on these Pacer moves early. Remains to be seen Quick break, we'll come back. Our winner that's going to Boston for the Jim Merce Collection at TD Garden, July the 15th. We'll get a winner, talk to the winner, and more coming up on the other side. 93.5107, by the fan.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali
2: is right for you. The Ride with JMV.
4: Excuse me, sir. Uh, there's been a little problem in the cockpit. The you
2: know? cockpit? What is it?
4: It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now.
2: 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Evan cidery a little bit earlier talked about the Pascal C. Ockham rumor that's floating around there, courtesy of Mark Stein. And Dustin DePurek of The Star, a little bit more about that and about tonight's matchup and summer league play with the Pacers and what he saw in game number one on Saturday. Podcast with each 107.5, thefan.com. Jake Query, a little bit earlier, we talked about a variety of things, including Jim Irsay being on Pat McAfee's show earlier today and not quite a shining endorsement on – Shaquille Leonard. We'll double back to that coming up in just a minute. Your calls and more before we close out the show. But last week and if you remember, we were not on Monday and Tuesday. We came on on Wednesday. Last week, we got qualifiers. We got two every day, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And uh, we now have pared that down to a winner. I'm going to thank James and Thank uh, Jimmy Cook as well for helping out in this random drawing. And thanks to all the qual- qualifiers this past week, what we're doing is through the Colts, Jim Ursay for the Jim Irsay collection, and the Goreman, Jeffrey Gorman, giving away a trip to Boston July the 15th. And again, you got to clear the schedule for this bad boy. July the 15th. I believe you got to be available to uh, bust out maybe on the 14th as well. But July the fifteenth, Jim Irsay Collection, TD Garden, in Boston, round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, as well as transportation, and uh, we're going to pick a winner right now. In fact, we have going to thank everybody again who have been our qualifiers. Thank everybody for participating. Daniel Bryant is the winner, and Daniel is going to be going to Boston coming up. Daniel, are you pumped up? You sound like it. Oh, my
3: gosh. I can't believe it. Is Gorman messing with me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to... Try to get him on the show here right after you <laughs> to make sure he is not messing with you. And you know, obviously, Daniel, thank you for listening to the show. And thank you for uh, calling in and qualifying. You have cleared your schedule for all the days around July the 15th, correct? 100%. That's awesome. Now, what um, have you seen? That it was here back in September, I believe, right? The Jim Merce collection at Lucas Oil Stadium. Did you happen to make that? I did. I did. That was um, that was camp there, right? That was phenomenal. Yes, Mellencamp.
4: Yeah, that's great. Man.
0: That is great. So who are you taking?
3: Uh, who do I, who do I get to take? I get to take a person with me. Yeah, I I'm going to so. take my daughter.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That is awesome. I'm take my daughter. That is awesome. Well, I I have just kind of facilitated this, uh, the Colts and Jim Ursay and Gorman are the ones that put the wheels in motion for this show. So, I mean, obviously I am I am happy that you're incredibly excited, but the Colts and Jim Ursay and the Goreman, that's that's who you thank right there because they they put this out here on the show for you right there. So, that's great.
3: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much guys. James, Jimmy Cook, thank you guys. JMV, I love your show, man. It's Seriously. Daniel, um, I'm listening, stream it. Uh, Check it out on YouTube. I do all the above with your show, man. You guys are great over there. Um, My daughter, Peyton, uh, this is going to be an awesome trip for her. Uh, She's getting ready to go to IU. Uh, She just graduated college at Avon, and what a graduation uh, present to cap off the summer with. Oh,
0: man, that is fantastic right there. Daniel, thank you very much. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, we'll get you all the information that you need. Uh, again, coming up here, we'll get you in contact with the Gorman who's going to send that to you as well. I tell you what, leave Daniel on hold. Call, You got Gorman's number over there? Call him right now and see if he answers. So Daniel Bryant and daughter are going to Boston. And July the 15th, we'll take in the Jim Ursay Collection Show, which features from REO Speedwagon, Kevin Cronin. I was shocked at this. Peter Wolf is going to be a part of it. Peter Wolf of Jay Giles' band fame just did a ton of stuff on his own back in the 80s, too. Peter Wolf, Vince Gill, who's touring obviously with the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be here with Steely Dan coming up in October at Gambridge Fieldhouse. But, um, man, I love it when somebody's excited. And, again, thanks to all our qualifiers last week. Uh, and thanks to the Colts and, and Jim Ursay and, and the Gore Man for putting this together and putting this together for our show. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was. It was really quick, and we, we kind of did it as best we, we could in, in that quick time frame because of, obviously, the July 4th holiday. We were all off on Wednesday. Check that, all off on Monday and Tuesday, back on Wednesday. And uh, – Daniel Bryant is going to go for that, which is absolutely outstanding right there. So there you go. We'll get Daniel set up with that, and uh, we'll give everybody a chance to win more further down the road. I promise you that. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the guy that put all of this together, along with the big man, And the Colts, the Gorman, Daniel Bryant was just on the show, Gorman, incredibly excited. Not only is he excited about going to Boston, but, buddy, he went to the event at Lucas Oil Stadium last year to the Jim Merce collection. So he knows what's going on, John. He does. And he wants to take his daughter, Peyton, who's just graduating. So it's going to be, it's Daniel Bryant and his daughter, Peyton, going to Boston.
9: Well, I hope he's still listening, John, as one of your avid followers. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because I've got cash to hand to when they get there. On top of everything else, you know, I'm just following orders from the top here, and I got to have a handshake with uh, with old Daniel and, and his and his daughter Peyton with the old. Uh, thanks for coming. Whoa. handshake.
0: Oh, you got cash to give to man. That's
4: outstanding. Optimative.
9: Outstanding. No, it just <laughs> happened. So hopefully they're listening right now. But they got to find me. They got to track me down. And uh, I'm usually running around 100 miles an hour for over three, four hours at night, so I'm easy to find. But uh, yep. but definitely tell them, uh, if they're listening right now, tell yep. them to uh, grab no, my, I tell grab you what,
0: I think now. Daniel's still with us right now. James, can you put Dan- – Daniel, are you with us?
3: Gore, man, I'm telling you what, you, you, are you messing with me, man? Is this for real? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> Straight cash. That's my guy.
0: That's Daniel Bryant right there. Our winner, Goreman.
9: Daniel, I gotta ask. Now you're an Indiana guy. Who'd you name your daughter after? Uh, beyond? Was it? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> it was. P a y t o n Payton. Peyton. I like it. I like it, bro. Then they're all anybody named that way has got a bit of greatness in them. So that'll be a fun Absolutely. night. I look forward to saying hi to you and uh, Vince Gill, Kevin Cronin uh, Peter Wolf from the Jay Giles band. It's, uh, it's all happening that night. Plus a couple other, uh, if you like football, which I know you do, there'll be a nice, uh, olive branch meeting on stage be- between some pa- uh, Patriot greats and some Colt Colts greats. So that's going to be a fun night.
3: That's awesome. I can't wait for it, Jeff. Thank you so much, man. You guys are great. You
9: got it, brother. You got it, brother. All right, uh, make that's sure you, great. Make make Yeah. Make sure you have a fun time. And, uh, if that cat needs anything, John, you just tell him to reach out, and uh, you got I'll, I'll it. In, I'll well, get his information.
0: I'll put uh, Daniel. We'll put you on hold. We'll make sure you get uh, to see, and that's great, right there. Daniel and Peyton are going for the Jim Ursay collection at TD Garden coming up on July the fifteenth, and a little money handshake forthcoming from the gore man who put all this together. That's a job well done out of you in a short time.
9: Not bad, but you know, as much as I'd like to take a hundred percent credit on it. You know, I'm not paying for his flight. I'm not paying for his hotel and I'm not it's not going to be my cash that I'm giving him. It's the big dog and the big dog says, "Hey, take care of John's listeners. I like JMV. Let's give him something special for him and we'll do something special again when we come around September 8th time at Lucas Oil Stadium. We could have a whole garage full of your listeners in there." <laughs> What do you think?
0: Well, I love it because Daniel has been to the event already and has a daughter he wants to take. I mean, it, it could not have worked out any better.
9: Perfect. I'm glad. I appreciate the help. But then again, it's uh, it's Ursae's baby. I'm just kind of producing the thing and getting it done. So, He's got a heart of gold, and he just wants to see some people have a good time and something to talk about years down the road. It'll be a great one, John. Well, thanks. you got to get, Go get your. I got to get your. I got to get your dead ass out there. I know it. Too.
0: I know it. I do. I do. You, I got to get motivated. You got to motivate me a little bit. Can you motivate me? I know. 100 bucks. <laughs> well, doesn't Pre- necessarily have to be monetary motivation, yeah. just motivation Appreciate
9: of any it, kind. Do, I mean, what else are you going to do, John? You know, okay, you can listen to the Reds because it'll be early September, so I you're know. fine. I know. You know?
0: I'm there. I am there with you. But, hey, thank. make sure you thank Jim Forrest for this because uh, this has been an outstanding giveaway, and thank you. And we'll make sure we, we merge you and Daniel together so you can meet and uh, we can get on the same page with this,
9: too. Yeah, that'll be a fun time. Hey, do you got time for Reds talk or no? I do. You want to talk some Reds? Yeah, I hopped on the bandwagon about three weeks ago when uh, De La Cruz got yanked up because I was watching the kids' highlights from – From uh, the minor leagues, and then obviously what he did in the first couple of weeks, and I was like, hey, I'm all in. I did that to gain more trust in my my co-worker, Matt Taylor, so now we talk to Reds all the time, and the Tigers suck, so they're my adopted team. I'm on the bandwagon.
0: That's awesome right there. So you loved the stealing of second, third, and home from De La Cruz on Saturday night then.
9: Incredible. Come on, bro. I mean, he was in the minor leagues a few weeks ago, and he swipes three bases. Yeah. At the highest level of the game in the world, yeah, I mean that 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 dude's special, and the, and the fact that he's not even considered to go to the All Star game is ridiculous. Because if anybody's been playing that for an All Star early in their career, they should have that little you know that little asterisk in there, you know, send up the young kids, even if they only got twenty five games. Oh, and, they, and then whatever. show
0: show them off to everybody. Yeah, show Why them off not? to.
4: Everybody.
9: I mean, that's yeah. a bright shiny toy, bro. You want everybody to see it. I mean, what are we doing?
0: I love the fact you're on the Reds bandwagon with us right now. That's great, bro.
9: Well, I started, you know, Sparky was my guy, and then all of a sudden he gets he gets axed, and he comes to Detroit. And before that, I you know I wasn't a huge Tiger fan growing up in the Detroit area, and the, the Joe Morgan, George Foster teams. I mean, I, I date myself, but you know I was all in on the Reds early, so I'm back on. I mean, I'm happy to say it. I'm back on. I'm like, I'm a, you know, if AJ Hinch can do something in Detroit, I might be jumping off. Next year, but right now it's all Reds. Let's get a playoff victory. Well, and, and since. You know, let's win a couple.
0: Uh, the Gore man grew up a Tigers fan, uh, obviously, uh, from the state of Michigan. And you know, Max Clark, high schooler from Franklin High School, was drafted number three overall by the Tigers.
9: Now, what a special player, huh? And you know what, John? He's yeah, As you age, you've gotten less cocky when it comes to your jumper and yeah. knowledge of sports and all that. But he he does have some young JMB in him, cocky sucker. I like. I like that too.
0: it too. Yeah, he's yeah. uh, yeah, he looks he looks like uh, his head's ready for the moment right now, no doubt.
9: And you want to know how how much I don't know about baseball? I'd 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 put that sucker in in the minors for 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 maybe a month. And I'd say <laughs> go up go up and get as many hacks as you can, kid, because we ain't going anywhere, and you know pitching's still down in Detroit, so. Give the kids some hacks. Bring them up in three weeks. Let's go.
0: It's a brand-new Reds fan of L.A. De La Cruz and more. The first place in the National League Central as we hit the all-star break, Cincinnati Reds. And the Goreman is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I will get with you to make sure we're all on the same page with Daniel Bryant and and you guys for that trip to Boston. But, again, thanks to you and thanks to Jim Ursay for putting this together on the show.
4: That
9: was awesome. Thanks for letting us uh, do it on your platform. Everybody's listening right now, driving in traffic, and you know, uh, you know, you guys can be a winner too. We got more of these events coming up, so it'll be good. We'll put them in the VIP area as well, and uh, I'm telling you, it'll be a hell of a hell of a night. Rehearsals are starting at one o'clock on Friday. That's <laughs> a big, that's how big this sucker
0: is! That is, man. That is. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll get back with you later on tonight. We'll make sure everybody's on the same page.
9: All right, David Bell for life. I'll
0: see you. You got it. <laughs> Anymore automotive group, I lied. I'm going to tell you what, that is going to be great. And, again, congratulations to Daniel Bryant and his daughter Peyton that are going to check out the Jim Irsay Collection in Boston. You know, as I mentioned, I think they got to get out of town on Friday. got rehearsals on Friday, and then the Jim Irsay Collection show at TD Garden coming up on Saturday. But that is going to be a great event. Going to get a cash handshake from the Gorman too. There's nothing wrong with that. And again, thanks to to Gorman. Thank you to the Colts and thank you to uh, Jim Irsey for doing that on this show. And as you heard Gorman say, uh, Jim Irsey collections coming back here in town. I believe around the start of the NFL season, we will do this again and get even more of you here locally down there. But uh, that's awesome. Uh, again, thanks to the Colts and Jim Mersey and Jeffrey Gorman for that quick break, and we shall return. Home Run Derby, 8 o'clock later on tonight, a part of the All-Star break in Seattle, Washington. That's 8 o'clock right here later on this evening. We will close out a busy show on a Monday
2: with you next. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
0: Yeah, again, thanks to the Colts and Jim Ursay and the Gorman for that uh, prize to Boston that Daniel Bryan won. Thank you guys for participating and listening. We got more for you, so listen up for it. Dustin De Kevin Sidery regarding Pascal Siakam, Pacer Interest Rumor, Summer League play later on tonight, and Jake Query a little bit earlier as well. Two three nine ten seventy. Let's get to Rob up next. Hello, Rob.
3: What's going on, Jay? What's happening, Rob? All right, I'm gonna make it quick. Um I like both of our off seasons Colts and Pacers but I'm a, I got I'm a got two quick questions for you well, basically I got two numbers I'm going to say I want you to tell me over or under for the Colts I'm going to go 7 what do you think
0: Um I'm going to go under You go under I'm going to go under yeah
3: And the Pacers I will say 40
0: I'm going to go over You going to go over with I'm going to go over on the Pacers under on the Colts yeah
3: all right, I I, I I I'm I'm probably about with you. I think the Colts got like a five-win season. I could see the Pacers winning about forty-four games, maybe getting maybe squeaking into a six seed. I think we could squeak by that uh, play-in, but you know, you know. But I, I like the off-season. I'm hoping we found ourselves a quarterback. You know, you never know with that. That's a crap shoot yep. with a first-round pick. But yep, that's all yep. I got.
0: You got it, Rob. Thank you very much. Hey, Daryl, go quick for me. What's up?
9: Hey, just wanted to let you know you made a Young Girls Day Saturday
3: night when you heard their name on the radio.
0: Oh, that's awesome, buddy. Thank you very much for calling every Saturday night,
9: too, bud. I appreciate you.
0: Hey, brother. I'll talk to you later. That's a part of the JMV takeover right there. Ron, really, really quick. Hello. Uh,
9: yes, I was wondering on the IUPUI Jaguars, are what are they going to be called now, the uh, IU uh, Indianapolis Jaguars. Well,
0: we'll, or, well, I'll tell you what we'll fun. do, Ron. I get a run here, but we'll cover all that for you coming up on tomorrow's show. Summer League Pacer Game 2 reaction tonight. Great job today, James. We covered a lot of ground. Let's see if there's anything to that Siakam rumor. We'll revisit that and get you back on the show coming up tomorrow at 3. Thank you all. And inside the lounge via YouTube Live with 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Have a great night.